everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is a Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And a reminder, the same one we always give. This isn't a spoiler-free podcast. And who knows? I mean, who knows what'll come up as we cover this final episode of season two today. Maybe we'll mention some things that come up in the future in season three or four. That's something you can look forward to finding out. Um, I am Alyssa and I'm here with my adorable co-host, Fish. Fish, how are you doing today? Adorable. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. I'm good today. Yeah. Uh, getting ready for the holidays. So much stuff is happening. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of plans, lots of moving plans. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's... Uh, all coming together maybe we'll see that's fair and for those of you who are like holidays that happened forever ago (laughs) that's how far ahead we needed to get to manage the scheduling (laughs) conflicts so it has been an absolute gauntlet (laughs) it really has we've been we're doing what three podcasts the week of christmas um recording and uh all because melissa has a fabulous wonderful amazing opportunity um to do some wonderful work stuff for like the first three weeks of january so big congrats to her yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be fun i'm gonna be in lake placid for a few weeks and i'm gonna be doing some sports stuff going back into that world, which I used to work in. Um, but it also meant that I would not be able to sit down for hours and hours at a time and <laughs> record podcasts. And so here we are. Uh, if, if For those of you who want to play the home game version of this, you might go back to the last time we said we were caught up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you come to about now and realize it's well, it's Christmas Eve and yep. you can do the math. Okay. It's not yeah. pretty. So for any of you, <laughs> you know, who, uh, who want to get in the, the sort of belated Christmas spirit, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and happy sure Hanukkah and all the and celebrations. Happy New Year. And <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, in February. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's so great. Um, we are all discombobulated here, but that is okay because we are going to talk about season two, episode 23, The Biggest Deal There Is, which originally aired May 24th, 2000. It was written by J.J. Abrams and directed by Jack Bender. Here's the description for this one Felicity must choose between a prestigious New York internship or a California summer with Ben. Javier prepares to wed Samuel. And Julie faces the return of her birth mother. Elsewhere, yeah. Noel is smitten with Javier's cousin, Natalie, Allie Landry. And Sean courts a surly Megan. <laughs> so fish, that's what they wanted to tell us. It's an We're... interesting definition of courting, huh? I think that's what this looks like between the two. <laughs> <laughs> you know you either love it or you hate it or you love it even more i don't I know. love it even more i love it's it even amazing. more too it's fantastic yeah. well where do you want to start with this how do you want to take this episode 
Um, well, I'd like to just, you know, start by saying it's clearly not going to be a 10 out of 10 for you. Oh. <laughs> Guys, I did I just block all this out in my brain, the dear yeah. Sally of it all? Apparently, because it's like every freaking episode. <laughs> Let's be clear. The last time we heard anything from Sally was help for the lovelorn. <laughs> and that wasn't a tape from her. That was a Twilight Zone-esque voiceover. And that, by the way, was what? Episode 11? Yep. And then before that was her last tape. Wasn't it like episode two or something? It was like three or... Yeah, it was... This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> um, once again, I remind you that it's not that I'm against the dear Sally of it all. It's that I'm against... The fact that they are insistent on her never talking back. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Ah. I mean, basically, what we're saying is the show is great. It is just missing one Jean Garofalo. Yeah. It it is poorer for her absence. I mean, give it the program, folks. <laughs> Writers. <laughs> Like, you know just as well as I do that you don't have Janine Garofalo <laughs> speaking back <laughs> to Felicity. Okay? Can yeah. we just call a spade a spade already? How many times do you have to make fun of your own device? Um, I don't know. Maybe it'll be gone in season three. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not going to assume anything at this point um we've made it all the way through season two with it and i'm doing a roswell watch back and uh or rewatch and um they have you know their their plot device of um like the journaling and that's how they do the voiceovers so like i guess she could have just started having a journal at some point or or have a have a voice journal like send tapes to yourself like dear future felicity or yeah. i don't know i think i think could the moral of the story is sally's dead better. yeah could nobody think of something better nobody in the whole writer's room okay <laughs> nobody could think of a way to solve this well, I, you know, we don't know how many people this bothers. I mean, of our sample size of two, it's half. And to but be fair, of a not larger... a person, not, yeah. not, not anybody has written in to share in this, in this <laughs> feeling that I have, okay? I, I, we have not heard from you listeners to tell us that you also don't like this. So maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the I only mean, one. Look, I don't know. Sometimes it's lonely. Uh, putting your voice out there. I mean, as I said, I feel the same way about the Gilmore Girls Troubadour. Yeah. Really pisses me off. But, you know, I don't know. I but would it, like to stay getting a point. <laughs> I don't know where. I don't know when or how. I don't know what would make an impact for this particular cause. But I mm -hmm. would like to stage a sit-in to request that Janine Garofalo retroactively be added back <laughs> all the episodes of season two. Who's with me? I mean, I'm there in solidarity, solidarity, sister. Look, we will find a place and we'll sit there. And um, and Felicity Restoration Project, this is now 
going to be part of of our ask of you not just <laughs> all of the music but uh we're gonna need some writing we're gonna need uh yeah. gene Garofalo on board uh we can make this happen this is I an mean, interesting be, idea yeah it can become a reality it's just you know um will anyone care <laughs> probably not <laughs> Okay. Well, why is this even coming up? Why are we even talking about this? We're going to open up this episode with Felicity and Ben. They're kissing. They're in bed. No shirt. Yeah. Wait, he didn't have a shirt on? I think for most of the episode, uh, at least he was shirtless. And frankly, for most of it, she was too. It was like a lot of pretty people in bed. I mean, she was I'm not less in this scene. No, she wasn't. But for most of it, a good part of it, she was. Okay. Um, so I was like, hey, nice sheets, no sex. Yeah. But, um, well, that's the that thing, right? Heard. They make it really clear to us. Uh, I, I think they've been trying to make that clear even from last episode where they're, they just, they haven't had sex yet. They've been kissing, they've been caressing collarbones, they've been doing all that, but they haven't had sex yet. So, Felicity starts this voiceover by saying, dear Sally, you know, sex, it's a big deal. And then we get this conversation between Ben and Felicity where, you know, he's asking if she's ready. She's like, yeah, not yet. Not yet. Not there yet. Mm -mm. Um, Doesn't seem to be slowing them down much though. So we know they've set that up for us that this is not a milestone they've achieved just yet. But you know who has achieved it? Who fish? Megan and John. They sure have. That's Maybe right. More than once. We don't know. Uh, seems like they had a good time. Yeah, they went from that that animalistic kiss, as you were thinking of it, primal in the bathroom, primal, uh, yeah. from the closing of the last episode to we're starting them out in this episode. They're waking up in the loft bed together, morning after. Yeah, and. Uh... Sean had fun and he would like to say out loud morning. I had fun. Really as loudly as possible. I mean, like almost a normal voice loud. Mm -hmm. Um, And Megan's just like, shh, no, no, no. So she is like hiding that this ever happened. She is like putting on spandex, like pants that, kind of blousing um so i don't know what's going on with that like um maybe they aren't spandex but yeah she's trying to hide it and she she's hurting sean's feelings in the process which makes me sad um i mean she is polite she does say thank you for the sex well yeah he's like i had fun she's like thanks i i'm trying to figure out what's going on here to be honest with you because okay let's talk through this and then like the very next part of the sequence megan appears to me to be regretful and embarrassed um she's she doesn't want sean to talk loudly she doesn't want people to know that this just happened she flees from the situation but when she goes down the loft stairs, Felicity sees her coming down and she's like, ah, you and Sean, huh? And Megan's like, don't you dare tell anybody. You swear, you keep, you take this to your grave. But then she says, Sean's actually amazing. Mm-hmm. 
what's happening fish? <laughs> like, I'm trying to make heads or tails of all of this. What do you think's going on for Megan right now? I think Megan doesn't like other people in her business as okay. much as she likes to tell everyone what's going on with Felicity. Okay. She keeps her own stuff really private, especially if she is like vulnerable and she, like she kind of feels comfortable with Felicity. So it's like, all right, like she can know and okay. she can say like Sean's amazing to her, but like she doesn't want other people in on this. And she, but even in her upcoming conversations with Sean, she's still, even if it's just Sean and her, she's still kind of like stand over there. You know, like it's, it's very, um, uh, the thing that confused me was her willingness to say that to Felicity, because otherwise I feel like what we're getting from her in this episode is like that. I've made a mistake. I can't be the, I can't do this with you, Sean. And then she's just like drawn to him physically. And that just overrides everything in moments. But I don't this think comment that's to how Felicity. Yeah. I mean, she could just, I mean, she could just be saying that he's great in bed and like, mm-hmm. you know, and they're, therefore she's drawn to him. But I think it's a little more complicated than that. I, I think, so. you know, Megan's freaking out a bit herself. She doesn't want other people in her business. She like wants control over the situation. Um, she's going to like dictate what happens when and you know she's gonna like i don't know i don't think she was looking for a relationship Mm -hmm. and so she's just like okay well we'll just do it one more time and that'll be fine and you know we'll see later and we can talk about it sean's um brief seduction um i don't know courtship um skull based wooing i don't know whatever you want to call it uh it works in pretty pretty quick order i have a feeling that megan i don't know i feel like i mean again she has so many walls up Mm -hmm. that she probably scares most guys off and so like sure like earl's around and they can hang but I don't think she gets a lot of affection or like people doing nice things for her Mm -hmm. in this kind of way. Okay. Um, So I don't know. I, yeah, I think it's, I think she's, she's a complex lady. I guess so. Right. I mean, I I appreciate this take. It's, it's helping to put some things in perspective for me. Listeners though, we, we need you. Yeah. We need you listeners. What are you seeing here? What's going on? (laughs) (laughs) Truly, this whole thing makes sense to me until you throw that line into Felicity. And that's what kind of threw me for a loop, I guess you could say, because she's saying he's amazing. It's like, oh, well, then what are you doing? (laughs) 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 Like, I don't really understand. Um, Yeah, I do think it's like already foreshadowing that maybe there's going to be some issues uh, between these two, <laughs> the fact that she like hurt his feelings and that she herself has feelings, but she doesn't really want to admit it 
to a bunch of people, including Sean. Um, so yeah, it's, um, it's, it's an interesting way to go. It really you is. Know? These uh, two. Yeah. Always gotta be I feel like it's, it's going to be a fun journey. Yeah, I think so too. Um, okay. So now we're going to get to the next will she, won't she that will go on the whole episode. Well, I guess it's the only will she, won't she. Actually, maybe it's not now no, that I say that. it's not. <laughs> um, we're going to Felicity's will she, won't she, which is in relationship to the internship yeah. that she's been offered. And, you know, they teased this at the end of the last episode with the Ben's final line, are you going to take it um, with the internship? And I would say this whole, this whole episode is marinating on that same question. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Is it just me? Like, there was no doubt in my mind she was taking the internship. Um, well, boy, were they trying to put doubt in your mind. I think and it I, didn't work know. at any point. Well, I, I no point did it work. Maybe I consider that a failure of the episode. I think that they were attempting... to throw us off the scent in some way or I think that they were at least trying to suggest that these two might spend the summer together even up until like that very that the whole airport like Felicity in bed waiting for the phone call thing like we'll get that later but I think this whole episode is a dance of like will these two spend a summer together or not? And how will that happen? And so if they didn't succeed in that for you, I suspect that's a failing of what they were trying to accomplish. Well, Um, it definitely did not succeed. Like the second that they turned it, that they started working on that page, the second that like Ben walked into the restaurant Mm-hmm. in the last episode mm-hmm. and the professor didn't like immediately have him taken out by security okay I, I knew she was taking the internship okay well like that that was it like why would you have done why would you have introduced the idea of the internship if she wasn't going to get it sure like, and take it um sure. now did i think ben might come back from the airport and like spend the summer with her maybe but i think we'll talk about it later i think what what dr pavone says um would make it hard for the show to do that at this point so like, i i think this is a problem then with this episode because it's not as if it's like okay you know the idea of like chekhov's gun or whatever if you mm-hmm. if you show a gun at the at the start of an episode the audience is going to expect it to be used by the end of it and so like the tension in that is saying ooh how's it going to be used who's it going to be used against what's going to happen here and it makes you stay invested the opposite happened here <laughs> for you where they were like oh internship and you were like well she's taking that but the problem is that this entire episode was about building tension about whether like what was going to happen with this and your feeling was like no she's taking it yep (laughs) yes oh well (laughs) so much for that um i know and we get this scene where so this is going to be a theme like throughout Mm -hmm. generally speaking like 
people look good in this episode, like in and out of clothing. But at this point, like Felicity's wardrobe has gone up like a notch. Oh, yeah. This good, rose shirt. Good reference. Thank you. Uh, this rose shirt that she has on is fantastic. So she comes in and she says in her voiceover to Sally, uh, the plan is to turn down the internship. And then we're like, okay, fine. Uh, so she's going to go in and that's the plan, but there's going to be something else. And there is, there's this whole Calhoun guy and it's really tempting to, you know, work with this great guy. And I was like, okay, so is this where she takes the internship? And it's like, no, she still turns down the internship. And I'm like, all right, so she'll take it later. Um, (laughs) Well, yeah, so we only spent a moment in that voiceover with Sally, but we're going to get the rest of the scene to play out in in real time between um, Professor Morton and Felicity. And Felicity goes with the intention of turning down the internship, but Morton sweetens the pot. She's like, hey, you know that amazing artist, Quincy Calhoun? She's like, of course. Of course <laughs> I know Quincy Calhoun. She's like, yeah. I saw him at the Whitney. Uh-huh. Turns out he's going to be a guest curator on the project that we're doing. And we're going to be spending the whole summer at his studio working with him. Try to turn that down, Felicity. And then Felicity turns down. And the professor well, goes... Yet. Not no, quite she yet. does. She's like, I don't think, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can. Yeah. Go, right. Where when she turns it down, that happens in a slightly oh, she later, does it later scene. Right. But yeah, she's basically they're gonna. So they want us to linger on this question for a second: Will she or won't she turn it down after having accepted it? And they're then she, gonna move to a scene. She in the hasn't. Loft. She hasn't accepted it yet, has she? I, I think she it has. was still a question. I think it was still a question, but it's tricky, right? Because although it's still a question, the point of Ben finding Professor Morton in the restaurant and then Felicity taking this final the, or the paper that it turned into, like, I think it's implied for Professor Morton that Felicity wants the internship. So I think that's the default unless Felicity says otherwise. Um, But which is tricky, right? Because you have a reputation to balance here as well. And you have this relationship with Professor Morton to balance. So they, they leave us questioning this just a moment. They, they move from this, you know, Professor Morton telling Felicity about Quincy Calhoun to the loft where we're going to see Richard and Sean <laughs> prepping, doing food prep for the big rehearsal dinner. I love their aprons. Yeah. I love, I love Richard in an apron. Somehow it's, these two became really cute friends. They, I mean, they're bonded now. Yeah, for life. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, Ben's yeah. going to cut in on this, and he's nervous because is Felicity back yet? Oh, she was supposed to go and decline the internship, but I don't know if she's doing it. He's anxious about it. Yeah. He's worried the longer she she stays out there, the more she might be tempted to actually take it. And she's at least told Ben that she's not taking it. Mm-hmm. But who knows what's going to happen the longer she stays out. And then uh, Richard 
sort of takes Ben's mind off of it for a moment by telling him how he's going to spend his summer. (laughs) Like, oh, did I tell you what I'm doing? I was like, oh, what? She's like, I'm going to spend a summer in Palm Beach. It's going to be amazing. Ben's like, really? And then he immediately loses interest and walks away. Yeah, I don't think he was ever interested. Yeah, I, I think, think that was convenient. that was overly exaggerated, feigned interest mm-hmm. just for the comedic timing of, and I don't care. This is really uh, beautifully done. <laughs> and he, so he turns, he turns and walks uh, away and starts talking to Sean again, because Richard, Richard seems to be uh, someone he doesn't want to associate with. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who, I don't know, perhaps he blames for releasing information that uh that himself had given to him there is that for being a snake with a rat and eating the rat so that ben couldn't have it back yeah but i really enjoy that the way they do this and the way i mean let's hear it for scott speedman for pulling this off but like the way they have him go oh what are you doing oh that's fantastic and then he like drops the facade of caring has a <laughs> continued conversation with Sean. And then Richard is like still in his own world thinking about how exciting it is about going to <laughs> Palm Beach. And then Ben comes back to Richard and like picks back up the fakeness. Yep. And as and like Richard doesn't even notice it was ever dropped in the middle. No. He's fantastically funny. oblivious. And yeah. uh and we get the benefit of it. Yeah, that was um, that was man. done in a beautiful way. For those who haven't seen the episode recently, like watch it and don't do something else while the scene is playing. <laughs> <laughs> like you got to yeah. watch Scott Speedman here. Um, yes, his face is amazing, and you will also miss uh, Julie in an outfit from A Little House on the Prairie. Yeah, she's got a dress on that's supposed to be her uniform for working at the Astuku Inn this summer. Whew. I don't know what she's doing, but my guess is she's putting some griddle cakes on yeah, and ringing the bell for Ma to come in and Pa to come in from the fields or the prairie. So. Everybody's like, whoa. I didn't actually watch that show, but um, okay. yeah, it was, so it's a rough So everything you just said was outfit. an attempt at a reference to a show you've never watched. Correct. Okay, great. I was with you. <laughs> I believed it. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're sorry for those we offended of those who really <laughs> do appreciate the show. Uh, Little House on the Prairie. This scene, the, t- the mood of this scene is going to change right quick. Yeah. Because Sean is going to deliver a message. He's going to pass along a message that he took down early in the day when Carol Anderson called for her. Yeah. I was just like, WTF are you doing woman? Mm-hmm. Like how many times do you have to like barge into this girl's life? I mean, I didn't ever spoil you on this. Right. Did no. I? No. Okay. I was, I, I was, I was really trying not to, cause I just wanted to feel the full impact of, <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, what are you doing? Like, there's no reason for you to be contacting her again. Like, you made up your mind. This is my thought at the time. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So we're going to get Fish's pure uncut feelings about Carol Anderson's return and the yeah, yeah. information she wants to impart in this episode. I think, uh, you know, all they really do in this scene is say Carol Anderson called. And I think that hits with the appropriate gravity. And I'm getting it sounds like it landed for you in the appropriate WTF kind of way. But Julie's like shaken to the core. I'm surprised she even called her back. Yeah. And only Ben in this room understands why Julie has this like mm. abrupt downshift of mood. Um, I don't think Sean ever even knew about Carol. Doesn't seem so. Yeah. So, okay. Now we're going to quickly go over to that scene where Felicity declines the internship because we had to have this whole speculation thing first. Um, Speculate, speculate, speculate. All right, fine. So she's going to turn it down, but she's still going to take it. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. So they they really didn't leave you questioning the outcome, even though she took... She declines this internship and she is about as generic as possible about why. She's like, <laughs> so there's this thing. Uh, I can't do the internship. Yeah. And that's and just what she's going to give Professor Morton. There's I this know. thing. And Professor Morton is just sort of shocked. She's like, oh, well, I mean, I guess if you can't do it, moving on. yeah pretty much she needs to fill this soon she needs some support yeah i don't i mean i don't think she's gonna have a problem now that calhoun is uh part of the deal but yeah yeah that's um she was seemingly surprised yes so right well now we are going to go to dean and deluca and javier's freaking out Javier spends a lot of this episode freaking out. Which is fair. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people freak out around their weddings. But, Mm -hmm. you know, he has an extra secret that he's been keeping from Samuel. And Samuel has a secret that he's been keeping from us, the audience. We did not know that Javier was marrying a Will Ferrell impersonator. Oh, okay. Yeah, Samuel is Will Ferrell. Like, he looks exactly like Will Ferrell. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I hadn't put that together, but there you have it. Yeah. That's my take on Samuel. All right. Well, I think that's that's a fair take. And I might spend a little time here trying to find the, okay, Austin Tishenor. That's a name. Yeah. I'm seeing the picture that I want. There was more than one Samuel. He's number two. Yeah, first Samuel, no curly hair. Second Samuel, curly hair, Will Ferrell in uh, like when his hair's not super red. Yeah, let me just be a thousand percent sure that that's actually the thing because I'm seeing two names here. One of them is a Will Ferrell lookalike and the other one is, well, I don't know what he was a lookalike for. Not this guy. Yeah, not they're very different looking Samuels, that's for sure. Okay, yes. so I think that second name is is the first guy. And I'm double checking on Austin. And this is really interesting podcasting what we're doing here. So yes, Austin Tishenor um, might be his name. 
uh, or how, it's definitely his name. It's not, might not be how you pronounce it. And that's apparently he does a lot of theater, theater actors, how he's described. Yeah. So, I mean, the main point is that Javier is marrying Will Ferrell. And okay. um, also that um, his, uh, his niece, cousin, somebody is like the smoking hot Doritos girl. Yeah. 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 Wow. So, uh, you know, Javier is just in the middle of sort of freaking out to Ben about the whatever the thing is he has to tell Samuel. Which we already knew Which from like episodes yeah. ago, but I didn't know that this was the thing he was freaking out about. Yeah. But like we knew he was going to become a student. Yeah, so. he's been he's he's mentioned this to Sean, I think, right? Um, Could be. Yeah. He's mentioned this before to us as as viewers, but I guess he hasn't thought to bring this up with Samuel. Um, so, you know, there's that, but he's in the middle of trying to explain this to Ben when all of a sudden he starts speaking, what is it, pig Latin? Like what, what he starts speaking another language that doesn't have intelligible words. And I don't know. Yeah. And then Ben's like, what is happening in this conversation right now? And he's like, my cousin, she's watch out for Natalie. She's the devil. Yeah. (laughs) He, he is very he's like just stay away from natalie Mm -hmm. um and then you see who she is and it's like that's a girl who can get you to do some crazy stuff yeah because she's actually the reason this came up at all is that she's walking to dean deluca with samuel and she's about to enter the building and he sees her from inside so it's like ooh, i must warn ben um (laughs) and he does but it's like okay what's you know, it's an interesting way to open it up with a character because it's like, oh, what's so bad about her? Yeah, because all she does is walk in and and pick one of the the sadly stacked um, muffins that you know might be bagels, uh, according to that other guy, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, also look like Julie's butt. I mean, we have a lot of muffin based content in Felicity the show. We sure do. You know or non-muffin based content in the case of Maggie. Yeah. Um, but she she's coming in, she's gonna pick up one of those muffins. She's gonna smile her pretty Dorito smile mm-hmm. and uh, say to Ben, hey, yeah, uh, I'm moving to New York City in the fall. Yeah, she's moving from Texas. She's gonna start grad school in New York. I mean, you know, from the way they open it, It's like they're subverting everything Javier just said. He's like, she's the devil. He's even making like little like devil horns or whatever with behind her head. And then, you know, we see the stuff she's actually doing in this opening scene that we get her in. And like Javier had said, you know, give her whatever she wants on the house. And she picks a, you know, she's like, I want coffee and I want, she wants this muffin, but I, I want to pay for it. And, you know, she's, I don't know. She's fine so far. Um, she's trouble. Like okay. one look at this girl and you know, she's trouble. Like, mm. all right. She's just, she's freaking gorgeous. She's trouble. Sure is. Okay. Well, we are going to head from here to a bathroom scene. I don't know where this bathroom is, but it's some bathroom on campus. Yeah, certainly not in the dorm, but it looks like a dorm bathroom. Well, I mean, it could could be in any 
um, administrative building or class building. Well, yeah, or classroom building. It's it's a multi-stall bathroom. You know, sure the is. place where all of the modern power resides. The the women's bathroom. It used to be the golf course. Now we've brought it to the bathroom. It's where and I we think bond. it's worth noting because I wasn't prepared to to stake this claim last conversation that we had about the show. But uh, we, yep, I guess they never went back to the dorm ever for the rest of sophomore year. <laughs> yeah. And apparently, it seems like the whole summer. Um, I guess so. Yeah, um, I was just like, is Felicity <laughs> staying rent free in the loft all summer? Is that what's happening? Because it didn't seem like this internship was paid. Yeah. I mean, it has been weeks and weeks and (laughs) weeks. And I feel like at some point they said it was going to be two weeks. Yes. They were going to be in the cafeteria and then it was going to be like, you know, dry again. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So Felicity and Megan have... Uh, completely abdicated their role as RAs, um, even though they were fantastic in the uh, the Aretha theory. Uh, fantastic RAs. Mm-hmm. They're they're withholding. They're withholding from all the students their fantasticness. Yeah, by my count, it's been like a month or a month and a half since they've been at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even, I mean, they must be going back to get clothes or something. I don't know. Uh, Uh, These two. Um, (laughs) It's fine though. But like Julie and Elena and others are still stopping by, still, you know, hanging out. Yeah, I guess so. Well, okay. So we're in this bathroom, this bathroom uh, somewhere in the universe. And you know where I think that bathroom is. (laughs) <laughs> it's the place we always go when we don't know where we are okay yeah all it's right secret secret like building of that uh, seems fair yeah we have a lot of scenes rooms. outside of that building and now we're having one <laughs> inside <stoop. laughs> yeah fair enough well pavone is going to run into felicity here and she spoke to Professor Morton and before Felicity declined the internship. And so Pavone thinks Felicity is going to take the internship and she congratulates her. She goes straight into congratulating her for her new job. And Felicity's being kind of hedgy. And she's like, well, turns out that <laughs> fell through. That didn't work out. Pavone's like, why? They're She's thinking for sure there's a great reason for this. She's like, you gonna go you home, maybe be with time? your mom. And then Felicity's like, well, looks like my parents are gonna give it another shot. Um, and I did think at that point that Pavone might have been pulled off the track and was gonna say, you know, you don't have to be your parents, like, you know, minder or whatever, but mm-hmm. She sees right through this and and she is going to say, oh, Felicity, you're turning it down for a boy. And what I really appreciate about Dr. Pavone here is she thinks that her advice is worth one cent more than everyone else's advice. Yeah, that's just good stuff. 
Yeah. I actually appreciate a bunch of things about this scene because I also have been wondering where Edward Porter is. So the fact that they even attempt to like, well, my mom and dad are trying to make it work. Okay. Maybe that's where he's been for a little while. I, I'm kind of glad we got that throwaway comment. Yeah. Cause he, he just, hasn't been showing up at the loft and we assume had he still been in, you know, New York city, he would have moved in with them by this point because everyone else does for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, he hasn't been dropping by anywhere recently. Yeah. And so, but he so was doing doctor. it all the time before. So I'm glad we have an explanation on a way that why that might be. Um, yeah. And Dr. Pavone is gonna, you know, most people would say, look, I'm going to give you my two cents. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it's worth. But no, no, Dr. Pavone says, my advice is worth three cents and I'm going to give it to you, even though we're not in my office and you haven't asked for it and unsolicited advice is never a good thing. We all know this. I'm going to do it anyway. And it's worth more than anyone else's. Mm -hmm. And this advice is, what is it, Fish? Oh, I said it together with her. Take the internship. You did say it with her. what? She's going to take it. I knew she was going to take it. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, we all knew she was going to take it. Unfortunately, that is in fact the failing of the writing of this episode that you knew the whole time. But, um, and so there was never any tension for you here, but I used, I heard you saying it was very, it was one of those satisfying moments. It was like just before Elena hit Blair and you were like, hit him, hit him. And then she socked him in the face. And it was kind of like that here where you're like, take the internship. And you were saying it as Dr. Pavone was saying it. And um, she didn't mince words there. No, she continues not to. But and then and then she provides more context. Her advice was take the internship. But then she's like, look, don't turn down a chance to become a more interesting person for a boy, a boy that, you know, like, I know your relationship, you if if your relationship is meant to be, it's going to be there long after this internship is over. And I think when she says that, I think she believes it will still be there. Um, Although I don't know if that would have changed her advice if she didn't, but I think she thinks that these two have something and that Felicity taking this internship is not actually going to have a long-term impact on their relationship. But even if it did, like, yeah, I don't think she knows what's going to happen with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anyone would. Mm-hmm. But I think her point stands. It's like you're in college. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity for you. And, and you know, she does say, I mean, it's a great line. that She says, you know, don't turn down the opportunity to become a more interesting person out of fear. Yeah. And then she has to clarify it's out of fear of losing Ben. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's sort of the non-romantic version, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're probably like, this is a college relationship. You may not end up together anyway. Like, and we see that in the next scene because, you know, Felicity is walking by and seeing Ben talk to Natalie, like another Mm -hmm. girl. And, So there is this sort of note of, you know, it may not work out with him. And then what are you left with? Right. And, but I also think she puts in like the romantic version of it, which is, you know, if you're meant to be together and you're willing to work on it, 
then you'll be together and this internship will not break you. And she's later in the episode can give us a whole lot more context for her viewpoint on that. But in this moment, we're just getting the advice itself. And, you know, then she gives this, you know, she adds in, you know, like, if you two love each other, it'll be fine. And Felicity's like, well, nobody's ever said love. (laughs) And Pavone goes, ah, well, then definitely take the internship. (laughs) Yep. Um, Just another reason to love Dr. Pavone. As if I needed more. Yeah. I mean, I have little hearts in my eyes just <laughs> watching her on the screen. But anyway, um, we're going to go back to a voiceover to Sally. And Felicity is sharing her reaction to Pavone's advice. She's like, you know, as always, I come, come out of hearing from Pavone and I feel initially resentful. Mm-hmm. But then sure, I think about certain, it more. <laughs> certain she's wrong. Yeah. 100% wrong. Yeah. And then I think then... about it more and I kind of understand. Yeah, then she realizes she's right because she sees Ben with Natalie. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh. like it's not that she necessarily thinks Ben's going to get together with Natalie, but hey, could he in the future maybe not be with her? Yeah, it's possible. And then at that point, would she regret not taking the internship? Yeah, probably. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but. That yeah. seems to be what she's she is taking away from this, and I think this is kind of the universal uh, reaction to when you want to do something, and someone else comes along and says you shouldn't do that, and you know they're right, but really what you're going to say is you're wrong, mm-hmm. and you're going to resent them, and then you're going to go, oh, drat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is going to have an impact. So next time we see Felicity and Ben, they are in bed again. And I couldn't even take this scene. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. Why? Don't get me wrong. Like, I love that they're in bed. Great. But (laughs) Felicity, really? She like turns to Ben and she's like, you know, what would you do? And of course he's sitting there being like, like right now to you. And she's like, no, with the internship, Uh, like, would Mm -hmm. you take, if you had this great opportunity to take this job, like, would you? And it's like, bitch, he's taken his job. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, of course he'd take the job. He is taking the job. (laughs) Okay. what do you have to ask about this for? Okay. Okay. All right. So there's that. Um, and she's, she's, and he's kind of like, well, you thought about this decision, right? I mean, you thought about it and you wanted to not take it. Right. And she's like, well, I'm reviewing it. I'm reviewing the decision. You know, let's, let's talk about it. And um, she, she brings it up. She brings up this whole Unfortunately, the thing that she chooses to focus on here is she's like, you know, when I saw you with that girl, Dina DeLuca, he's like, Natalie, Javier's cousin, the devil, Natalie. <laughs> what are you even... talking about ribs with? Yeah. And she's like, well, you know, I saw you with her and it made me realize that like, I can't babysit our relationship from even from the same city. Um, and it's like, is that why you wanted to be together all that summer? That feels like an unfortunate way to have expressed this. Yeah. You know, like, I think that 
Yeah, we did see the scene where she's looking in at the window at them and she obviously is having those thoughts, but that's like, that doesn't feel like the reason to take the internship. You know, it's, it's like, get it, get a, put a little more context to this. And Um, now I have a question for you because, so Ben says, take the job and then he pulls away Mm -hmm. and I had like I had a certain impression of like what his face was saying, but I, I don't know that I'm on track with this. So what, what do you think he was thinking when he kind of says, maybe we should slow things down? Well, and before that, he said, what's interesting to me about the scene is right before he said that he said, it's not like we're, and then he trails off. She's like, I know, I know, I know. And you're like, what, what were you going to (laughs) say? I think it's the, in like, I don't, I think it's still the fact that neither of them has said love yet. I think that was where that was headed. Um, Maybe, but. It could have been a number of things. I mean, it could be, they haven't even had the conversation about like, they're only going to date each other. It could be mm-hmm. they haven't had a conversation about like how serious they like. He could have been saying like, it's not like we're like that serious, you know? It's so hard though to, for me to fill in the blank for that sentence because everything that's built into this and then the whole like Aretha theory, the whole process of getting together there, the whole last episode with, you know, him moving heaven and earth to get her another opportunity for the finals it's like (sighs) huge step backward yeah it's like what oh were you not going to be exclusive at any (laughs) like like, what were we heading towards in this whole show so it is weird to me to have this like unspoken somebody just say the words somebody just say them it's a formality at this point i don't (laughs) think it's uh I i think it's I think it's just this happens, right? It's like someone pulls back and for some reason, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like a situation, like a circumstance or, you know, like an unspoken trust issue or something like one person pulls back and then the other one pulls back and then the other one pulls back. For, I mean, I've had this happen and it's just like, sometimes it's really, really, really hard or impossible to reverse. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that it like doesn't completely yeah, pull them apart. Bananas here. Cause we've just had so much build up to this. And again, like they, they had their, for me, like I, like I said to you, for me, the Aretha theory is like the, if this were a rom-com movie, like a mm-hmm. shorter form, one and a half hour sort of thing. That's the happily ever after of it all. That's the, like the kiss seals the deal. And, um, and you imagine in your mind where it goes from there. And then they show us the next episode, which begins to show us like what this relationship really looks like. And and you still get this impression that they're totally focused on each other. So it is interesting to see this step backward um, in the context of the internship. And so your question, because Ben says, let's slow things down. She says, yeah, that, that, that's smart. That makes sense. Um, and for me, it's more of a feeling when we close this episode because, or with this scene, because when we open this scene, they're in bed and they're so connected to each, like physically touching and connected to each other. And when we close this scene, 
we get this overhead mm-hmm. shot of them in bed and they feel like, yeah, they're in the same bed, mm-hmm. but like they are two totally isolated people who they happen have- to be in the same bed, feeling totally disconnected from each other. And I, for me, it's that feeling that I come away with more so than the, what did he mean? I feel in this moment that they're both independently of each other, completely wrapped in their own thoughts about what this just was. And that's the problem, right? Because they're not on this, they are instantly not on the same page and they're not communicating about it. And I felt so lonely at the end of that scene. Yeah. I mean, I definitely felt that. I guess my big question was, you know, because Felicity had just maybe put this in my mind, this whole thing about, you know, not being able to babysit the relationship. And then, you know, Ben pulls away and it could have been a reaction to what she said, but I don't know. I kind of see in his face, like if they're apart for three months, like, does he trust himself? Mm. Like That was kind of what I was getting from his expression. It's like, he kind of had an, Oh crap look in his eyes. Oh. And I, I was wondering if he didn't trust himself. I'm pretty sure he trusts Felicity, but maybe not. I don't know. Hmm. I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, I think that Ben has really like, we haven't seen his since Maggie, Ben has been all about Felicity, like very single track. And um, hasn't even not only, I mean, he's gone on these dates with Pam who was delightful, (laughs) delightful. And he was completely not into it, you know, and he had to like cut it short and he had to apologize to Pam. And, um, there was nothing even remotely, like there was nothing about him in those situations with Pam that, that made me feel like he just wasn't interested. And, and so like, I don't know. I don't think that he's worried about him being able to stay faithful to her. And I don't really think he's worried about her being able to stay faithful to him. I think it's this idea of like, how did we pull off so quickly? Could be because I think her yes back to him is just as much of a step back Mm -hmm. for her as him wanting to slow things down is for him. It's like both of them just getting really freaked out all of a sudden and pulling back and reverting to like, she just agrees with whatever he says. And he is like, you know, making things less serious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, and we're going to see them unpack this later with their friends of like what they're really thinking right now. But I, I, I take those, those conversations they're having with their friends at face value where it's like, you know, here we are, our relationships being tested and, and there's just this, they haven't, they have not got a process here for how they communicate through these moments. Um, and on the surface, nobody's done anything wrong here. So it's like, well, what are we, thing- what's happening to us? You know, like the only thing they've done wrong is not be honest with each other. Yeah. And like, I feel like they're communicating 30%. Not at all. <laughs> Very you know? poorly. 
Yeah. But, but they are saying things, right. They're saying things that they feel like they should be saying. And it's like 30% of what they're thinking. And I think all this stuff that's coming up for them in the in-between moments, they're holding that in. And that's the stuff that they probably need to be saying to each other, but they don't have a cadence for doing that yet. And, um, and so they're paying the price at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And we're on, we're on that with them. We're feeling it. Well, and now for other confusing relationship conversations, (laughs) um, Sean and Megan. So Megan just, she comes back to the loft she approaches Sean and she's made some hard and fast decisions here. She's like, look, it's not you. It's me. Well, <laughs> I'm going to put my spirituality before our relationship. You know, Gosh. I need to need to look at, at my spiritual health and career. I mean, she says it in a very um, mature way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a counselor at Wicked Camp. Sure is. She's going to be a counselor at Wicked Camp. And that means she's got a lot to memorize. She's got incantations. She's got things to do that she mm-hmm. needs to prioritize right now. She can't have distractions. And last no. night was a mistake because she can't have distractions. No, there she is... wants to be the best Wiccan she can be. And, uh, and, and, and so she's, she's pushing Sean away. She's like, you know, we just, this, this can't be. She so, says there is no future no for us. Future. Wow. I mean, <laughs> they've all, they've had one night together. I mean, it's not like he proposed. Um, I so, think what's really funny is the juxtaposition of this journey Sean and Megan are going through and the one Felicity and Ben are going through because I think they're both heading to the correct decisions. But they're the opposite decisions. And I think it just goes to show you that personal growth looks different for each person. (laughs) That's true. I think it's like, what's the weakness in your life? And I think these two are really tapping into what growth looks like for them. And it's the opposite of Felicity and Megan, that is. It's the opposite for each other, right? Like for Felicity, we consider the growth like this time, choose yourself over a guy. Because in the past, you've chosen a guy. And in fact, you know, at the end of season one, she's saying, I didn't have to make a choice between Ben and Noel, but I did, you know, because she could have gone back to Palo Alto by herself for a whole summer at the end of season Mm -hmm. one. And she did choose a guy and she had more than one option, but she still chose a guy. And then she dealt with all the ramifications of that. She's been down that path. So now for her, the new choice looks like what, what happens when you make a decision, putting yourself first and like putting your journey, putting your career, putting your, your passions or your interests first. And for Megan, it's like, she's setting up this whole thing where she's, she is putting her passions and interests first. And Sean is a pull that she's never felt before. You know, she hasn't, we haven't heard her talk about guys in this way, um, to Felicity at least, and we wouldn't have any other way to know. So for her personal growth might look like maybe this time, see what it's like to have a partner. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that, um, Felicity and Megan are very complimentary because, 
Felicity's journey so far, I feel, has been to develop a sense of self. Mm -hmm. And it seems like Megan has a very strong sense of self. Mm -hmm. And perhaps uh, she needs to develop a bit more of, um, like, emotional empathy and the ability to let others in and um so you know this idea that you're talking about of like felicity choosing herself and maybe megan choosing someone else ahead of herself um you know kind of uh kind of seems to to jive with what they each need and i like I like that they're both making these choices. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we need to, I don't think they need to make the same exact choice as each other for us to kind of root for them. But it is interesting to see these things side by side as they're playing out and these two women coming to different conclusions. And, you know, so, so Megan has what sounds like is headed towards being a breakup speech, even though they weren't <laughs> really dating, yeah. but she's like, no, we're done. This is it. There's no future. I mean, she's being as blunt as possible. And yet there's this attraction between Sean and Megan. That's so strong that they, after this whole thing, they just look at each other and she's like, okay, just one more time. Yeah. And then they just like attack each other again. I mean, that's the conclusion. It's like, you know, we're, we're not going to be together. So like one more for the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Here we go. Yeah. But I, I mean, it just seems like they have a, they're drawn to each other. Yeah. Um, We've got more lip magnets, more magnets, more magnets indeed. So Felicity is going to go to Professor Morton to do the next part part of this little yo-yo game. And she's (laughs) like, any chance the internship is still available? And Professor Morton's like, well, no, because you (laughs) told me that you didn't want it. So I offered it to a grad student. But, you know, they're checking in. They're trying to get out of, you know, they're trying to make themselves available. And I don't know. And. They have a paid job and they're trying to get out of it mm-hmm. to take this unpaid job, yeah. which may or may not work out because I can't pay them. Yeah. So there's that. So there's this like possible, possible sliver of hope there. And so Felicity gets Professor Morton to commit to letting her know if it falls through with the grad student. And so there's that, you know, the door is not currently open. Felicity to go back into that space but she's put it out there that she she wants it if it's back on offer yeah and then we get this series of sort of back and forth uh shots of Ben Sean and Richard on one side and Felicity and Elena on the other where Ben is going to communicate what he should be talking to Felicity about to Sean and Richard and Felicity is communicating go further and say what Ben is telling his friends if we can call Richard his friend and then (laughs) what Felicity is sharing with her friend is what they think they've communicated to each other I wouldn't say that on Ben's part I I I don't think so um because I think he's pretty clear about the fact that he 
he said something to her that he didn't necessarily mean or like that he thought he should say uh, and is not communicating the rest of it. And then Felicity is different. That makes me feel like he thinks that he's communicated something different to Felicity than like, this scene actually reminded me, did something like this play out when Harry met Sally? I don't remember. Like with them talking with their friends and um, we're getting like the, you know. Each oh yeah, I think, on... I think maybe. Yeah, because we've got Ben on one side doing his perspective. We got Felicity on the other side doing her perspective and they are clearly not on the same page. Yeah, they're not at all on the same page. I feel like this is like a, I don't know. Let's all go back and watch When Harry Met Sally and see if we can spot something like this in here. Because it feels very much like something I've seen play out before in a rom-com where it's like, you know, the the friends are getting all the scoop. Um, And yeah, so... um, Ben is pretty resentful here. He's like... He is. And by the way, during the scene of Sean, Ben, and Richard, they're all still setting up for the big rehearsal dinner. That's, that's, That's... the whole time you're like, what are they setting up for? <laughs> and then they've got, now they've got like all these tables and mm. it, they're like setting up for a sit down dinner for a lot of people inside the loft, which I was like, oh, wow. They've never actually told us what they're doing, but <laughs> as we see it all coming together, we will find out soon. It's the rehearsal dinner, but it's like, oh, okay. They're, they're about to host something pretty big. So that's why we keep seeing Richard and Sean together, but um, okay, so now what, what were you going to say about their sequence? Yeah, so Ben is, he, he's he's kind of heated. He's like, you know, this came out of nowhere. You know, now all of a sudden she's saying that she does want the internship. And, um, you know, he, he says, look, you know, I... I said to her that she should take the job and I think she might take the job. And unfortunately, Sean sort of cements this here. He's like, I can't believe she chose you, uh, chose the internship over you. Yeah. um, And Ben's like, right. (laughs) (laughs) I I think that's an unfortunate way to boil this down so concisely, but also it's true. I don't know. Um, and I I enjoy Richard here being Richard, who's like, well, now you know what it's like to be Noel. Ouch. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Felicity is talking to Elena and her assessment. She's like, Ben couldn't care less. Yeah. That he didn't even he didn't even fight one bit for this. You know, <laughs> it was like nope. totally told me to take it. Yeah. But Elena, like, amazing dress. Oh. Fantastic there. Beautiful. Yeah. Good job. And uh, we'll cut back to Richard saying, look, this is what Chia Head's doing. Yeah. Well, and in this next scene with with Ben um, and Sean and Richard, so Felicity just described it as Ben couldn't care less. And then Ben, soft as soft can be, is explaining his what he said to his friends, if Richard was a friend. And he's like, yeah, I told her. I said, I'll miss you, but you should take the job. And it's like, well, he actually didn't say I'll miss. I don't know that he said I'll miss you. Nope. 
I mean, I not that we saw. Thought that was implied, but we didn't see that part. And Felicity no. is picking up on the part that he doesn't say stuff like that, right? So, um, well, but he, he, what he says is, "You should take the job. We should slow things down." Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he actually said. But in his, I think what I'm hearing in this scene is he thinks he said this. <laughs> He didn't, <laughs> but he, that was what was in his head. And I think he thought the words he actually said to Felicity meant this. Which is fine, but that's still, uh, you know. This communication of all sorts. Well, but it, whether he said, I miss you or not, doesn't actually change the fact that what he did say was take the job. And he's mm-hmm. what he's not communicating to her is the impact of of her, yeah. what her taking the job is going to be on him. I, I think the thing is with the way that this has distilled in both of their brains separately, I think that they've got truths in there and then assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it is correct to say Ben said take the job. It is correct that Felicity is interested in taking the job. <laughs> like Those are the things yeah. that seem to be true of what we've been hearing so far. It is correct that then, then they her hair looks like in. a chia pet. Yeah. Then they just layered in all this other stuff. It's like, what does it mean <laughs> that he said, take the job? What does it mean that she wants to, you know, like, I think that's where they start getting into some dangerous ground. Because... Well, and Elena's going to put a finer point on it because she's going to just flat out come out and ask Felicity, like, basically, what is the status of your relationship? Like, are you in love with Ben? Mm-hmm. And we don't and get an answer. She on is that. not going to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't get an answer for that. But, but I think this question is coming up from a number of these friends or supporters of Felicity, like, oh, do you love each other? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I like the, with the whole, <laughs> the whole Richard thing with the Chia head, I like that he's just getting on, he's working on Ben's last nerve. Oh, yeah. um, and he's, he's calling her Chia head, ben, Ben's like, don't call her Chia head. And then Richard's just like pats him and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. fine. He just placates Ben and he's like, don't pat me. <laughs> <laughs> Ben is all irritation, no empathy right now. He just can't. He can't. Um, yeah. And uh, it's this so is hard. Richard's sweet spot. He's like, ha ha, last nerve. Let me jump. Yeah. Jump on your last nerve. So this is so unfortunate. You know, I feel like we, we as the audience can see that they just need to say like a little bit more to each other. Like they're, yes. they're pretty close. Mm-hmm. to being on the same page and yet they're not yeah. you know they just they just need that extra couple of words exchange <laughs> <laughs> um yeah those words would be you know the emotional honesty piece of this yeah it's the vulnerability piece yeah yeah the i love you i don't want to be away from you but i think that we're both doing the things that we need to do um right. That we were just missing a little bit there. And it's also okay for them not to be happy about being away from each other. You know, like, yeah. that's fine. Um, say it. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you're not going to be happy. Welcome to life. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Okay. And other things that we may not be happy about. Um, right. We're going to see Epstein bar. We're going to see Julie meet Carol. Yeah. Carol walks in and all I wrote down is great outfit. Why are you here? Right. Um, well, and you said something verbally. I might even say with some minor amount of anger at the screen. <laughs> I was a little annoyed. <laughs> when Julie says, you know, I've been thinking about you, you know, and Carol says, I've been thinking about you. And what did you say, Fish? No, no. She, Carol says, um, there hasn't been a day that went by that I didn't think about calling you. And I was like, then why didn't you call her? Right. That's what I heard while I was watching this episode <laughs> with Fish. I was a little miffed. You were a little miffed. And I just wanted to shine a bright light on that for those who didn't have the pleasure of watching this episode with you. Because this is what it feels like when you don't remember this storyline. This is what it's like. Okay? Yeah. Myth. And also sometimes, <laughs> you know, people talk to the screen because they're upset. Yeah. Fish, this, uh, this upset you. It did. And now, then... I'm really curious to know, because I don't really feel like I got as much of a sense from you on the things that unfold with this conversation. So what we do get in this part of the scene is Carol has obviously something that she needs to reveal to Julie and she's struggling to get it out. But when she finally does, she says, Julie, your father is sick. Yeah. Julie says, how sick? And I don't think that we heard an answer to that right then. I don't think so. So I think, I think what we see is um, the camera goes back to Carol's face and she's, she's like almost starting to cry. Yeah, she's about to break down. Okay, so uh, what did what were you thinking at this point? I didn't know what to think at this point because I, I clearly my question of like why are you here was semi-answered it's like all right she's there to say something like really important um and it's like fair okay it it all depends on why you know for me at this point it all depended on why it was like your father is sick. I finally told him about you. Do you want to meet him before he dies? Like that's okay. kind of the way my head was going, but also so recognizing point, you needed Carol... to know the point of why Carol was sharing this information. Yeah. This is something at first I was just like, there's no reason you should contact her. But then I was like, actually, okay if this is the last chance in life that she has to meet her father mm -hmm. and have him talk to her, right? All right. We're at a point where I am willing to open the door to Carol for like half a second and be like, let's see what your intentions here are. Okay. So let's put a pin in that for a moment until we get back to another scene with them. So we're going to see Noel meet Natalie. I'm thinking I am actually kind of loving these two. Yeah, right. I'm thinking so this is 
probably outside of the loft or uh, I would think so yeah she looked like they were both going up to the dinner yeah and they're so Natalie is smoking outside and mm -hmm. Noel walks up and meets this woman for the first time they have some banter about her smoking habit I think this is like the smoothest Noel has ever been I would agree yeah he is ultra smooth without trying to it's like there's so feels like no stakes to him in this conversation that he's just the smoothest we've ever seen him with a woman yeah he's uh he's like you know if i knew you better i'd tell you to quit and natalie's like well if i knew you better i'd tell you to screw off and he's like ah, oh, well if you know me so well how would i react to that he's like well you just You'd smile because you know I didn't mean it. And then we watch that whole scene play out. Yeah. He's like, you thing. should quit. She's like, screw off. And he smiles and he's like, hey, I'm Noel. It reminded me, it was like the perfect execution of him, of Elena telling him about the staging with a woman, the Gwyneth Paltrow lookalike situation that she was trying to take him through at the start of this season, it feels like he kind of figured it out here. <laughs> but I think it worked because he wasn't trying to make it yeah. work. Um, if and anything. she also seems like she's quite a smooth character. So that helps. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. she is like temptation personified. Well, yes and no. I mean, she puts Noel at ease, but she doesn't have that effect on everyone. Um you know, we'll see Elena bristle hard. Well, yeah, but she's not a temptation for Elena. Yeah, yeah. But so, you know, that's their introduction. And we're feeling, um, I guess we're both feeling sort of a natural element to, you know, it, there's something natural and organic about how these two are with each other. Yeah. From this very first encounter. I mean, look. No, no. Um, Ruby's gone, and Noel has had his issues. You know, I have not been easy on him, um, nor do I think I should have been through much of what he was doing with Ruby. But I do think he's gone through quite a bit of like emotional pain, and you know maybe he's looking for something a little a little more laid back a little yeah. more easy have some fun and he's frankly at a place right now when he can do that you know he's not going to jump into something super serious yeah well it's also worth noting he's a year older than our other college characters, right? So he's going into his senior year, which is a terrifying time for a lot of people. So yeah. not only is he dealing with the fact that like Ruby has just walked away and all of the aftermath of all of the like relationship trauma he's had this year, but the future is bearing down on him in a way it never was before. So, you know... Boy, does it feel nice just to have this banter <laughs> with Natalie. Mm -hmm. And we're going to, okay, so we're going to go up to the loft now for the rehearsal dinner. And we're going to see this sit down, sit down dinner that they're having. Um, 
It's a beautiful setup around the loft. And, you know, I didn't try very hard to, like, grab every conversation here because I just couldn't. But I will say, like, one thing did strike me. Um, You know, Richard's taken on a bit of uh, a bit of Sean's entrepreneurial spirit. And um, he has come up with what I think today is, in fact, um, the top Pornhub site, uh, fillerup.com. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> it's just like, The idea, the concept dude. I thought was pretty good, but apparently <laughs> the name doesn't work. Um, he, By the way, I don't think that it's Sean's entrepreneurial spirit that rubbed off on him. I think Richard has been the most successful entrepreneur of this show from his freshman year. He had a hand modeling agency. That is true. He's he's, he's done all kinds of things <laughs> that have actually gone pretty well. Like he opened up his hand modeling agency and there was like a dozen women <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the dorm freshman year. He gets satellite dishes put up and he, he has all these people who yep. show up. He runs for president and he successfully, <laughs> he, he's, he is elected, you know, like he, um, although oh, that's impressive. not entrepreneurial, that, entrepreneurial, that's political, but like I, he actually has been very enterprising. Uh, and I mean, you can, you can have a lot of success when you are not inhibited by morals. It's very true. That's <laughs> the thing. So that is one of the conversations. The business that he describes is you contact people when you need gas in your car and they come and they fill it up for you. I thought that was pretty interesting. Fillerup.com. Yeah. Unfortunately it looks like the name's been (laughs) taken, but I think the idea is a good one. So there's that, but I did actually. So creepy. So they're basically going to just sort of like the camera's going to pan around and just show it's little snippets of the conversation. So you don't get, you don't get a lot, but you get the essence of what's happening. So Richard is sharing that idea. And then we're going to see Noel and Natalie who are sitting next to each other and they're, 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 they're into it. They're having a good conversation. And then Elena and Tracy are having a little bit of an argument about summer planning. Um, they're, they're obviously working out logistics and, uh, it sounds like Elena made an ask on Tracy's behalf, maybe for a place to stay. And Tracy's like, ah, how'd you do that? Ask? Like, he's nervous about yeah. it. He's um, like, you didn't tell them I'm homeless. Yeah. <laughs> or make it sound like I'm homeless. Yeah. And then Sean tries to offer Megan, was it like a roll or something? And she brushes it away. Uh, garlic bread. Okay. Garlic I remembered bread. that because I was like, do you see the number of crosses on the girl? Mm-hmm. she's got the whole Wiccan thing going garlic is not the way to go yeah plus also you want to get with her so probably not that great for you either yeah but the I think the main thing there is like he's offering her something and she's like get out of my face yeah so there's that and then we're gonna see Javier and Samuel having uh, so Javier has obviously just told Samuel the thing he has to tell him. And Samuel's like, you never, you never told me about this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're, they're working through that. So we're getting all these little moments. It's like not even quite vignettes, 
it's not long enough for that, but no, we're getting a sense of panning it across the room and people are having conversations and I couldn't keep track of any of them. So thank you for that. Yeah. It's, there's nothing thematic about it. Like they're all different conversations, I think, but it just gives you that little slice of life that's happening for everybody here at the dinner. Yeah. My notes uh, in total for that section say bunch of people at wedding tables. Right. That seems fair. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's I, I mean, got. that's not the main point of the scene. The main point is going to be the set piece here of <laughs> Felicity's best man speech with Ben hijacking. Yeah, um, so sad face. She's not wearing a suit. No. I think she'd look really cute in a suit. We've seen her in pictures and suits. She looks she looks good. Mm-hmm. But I will say again, great outfit with mm-hmm. like the matching like top and skirt that really kind of look like a dress and the peach color. I mean, great job. Okay. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Felicity is going to get up and she's going to be an excellent speaker. She's going to give her best man speech. And she starts in a way that feels not too passive aggressive. Um, (laughs) Sort of of genuine, maybe actually about Javier. Yeah. Will Ferrell. Javier is a romantic. You know, he loves me for being a romantic, but he is actually the biggest romantic of them all. Mm -hmm. And she makes a statement about how she really admires Javier and Samuels, their openness, their honesty, their obvious love for each other. And she's starting to (laughs) sort of look over at Ben. And you can see with some of these words, she's digging at him a little bit. The openness, the honesty, the true love of it all. And Ben's like, ugh. Yeah, she, (laughs) she she gets a few digs in there. She's like... She looks directly at Ben and she's like, clearly deep love is rare, Benjamin. (laughs) So Ben, at this point, can't take this sitting down anymore. So Ben's like, I'm going to cut in here. (laughs) Felicity's not done yet, but he's still cutting in. He's like, I'd like to just add something here. You know, I remember when... Javier lost his visa and Samuel actually fought to be transferred to Spain to be he with risked him. his job to preserve mm-hmm. their relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Felicity's like, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so now she comes back to the mic. She's like, You know what, though? I seem to remember that when that happened, you know, it was so beautiful. Samuel was so emotional. He almost cried. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, he broke down in tears. He fully broke down in tears. Yeah. Something that perhaps her dry-eyed boy could consider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Ben... You know, Ben's like, okay, okay, I see you, I see you, I'm going to raise you. Um, I think it's important to remember that Javier was being forced to return to his mother. <laughs> 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 and then they kind of like get to the, like they, they remove all pretense that this is about Javier and Samuel at all uh, by just now openly bickering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And Felicity's like, well, at least Samuel cared. And then (laughs) (laughs) and they just go back and forth here. And finally we get Felicity's classic. Can I talk to you for a second? She puts the mic down. She, she needs to talk to him. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not like in the middle of a best man speech. I want to give, I don't know. It's been a while since I've given an award, but like yes. her, my favorite line Felicity ever says, it's not, it's not like of all the dialogue, it may not be the best written line, but I always know when Felicity says, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> all hell is about to break loose. <laughs> and so it's the, can I talk to you for a second? All hell is about to break loose award. Right. Now, you might think that's a ridiculous name for a award. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I like think that mind. is exactly what it needs to be. It's everything you need to know yeah. about why I get excited when this happens. Yeah. Think of a time she said, can I talk to you for a second? And all hell didn't. <laughs> you can't, can you? No. Um, mostly because this is again the only time i can remember her saying it i know she says it a lot she said it before one of my other favorite moments was when uh she walks in in season one when she walks into the dorm just in time to see hannah and Noel ready to walk out she walks up to him with hannah right by his side she's like can i talk to you for a second and she keeps walking (laughs) to her room and you're like oh he's gonna get it um oh every time this happens i just i'm like okay guys here we go strap in i mean look listeners you tell us like have you ever either said these words or had them say to you said to you and like not have your stomach drop which just the classic words of we have to talk Mm -hmm. we have to talk they're not happy words they're not words that are like we have to talk I, I got you some ice Disney cream. World. <laughs> <laughs> we both not have that conversation goes. with our interpretation of what might come next. And both yeah. were not plausible. Yeah. Not something that's going to happen. But you know mm-hmm. what they do have? They have passion. Yeah. They're going to go in another room and they are going to have it out. They're just gonna, <laughs> because really, by the time they got to the end of this best man speech plus one, um, they were really saying the things that were on their mind. And everybody yeah. in the room was like, um. Again, the emotional honesty piece that was missing. Yeah. The Ben, I care about you piece of it. The yeah. Felicity, you know, I want you to care about me. Like, what the, I don't, you know, I'm upset that this is the situation too Mm -hmm. yeah and so they they tuck themselves into ben's room while the rehearsal dinner is still happening except this is what has everybody's full attention and they can hear this whole conversation playing out from the next room but they just get into it and ben's like is that what you think you think it's like you think that i don't care that you're (laughs) like and she's like well yeah and then they have this whole argument about support versus indifference he's like i was supporting you no that was indifference not support (laughs) and he's like what and she's like i hadn't even decided to stay yet and or or to go yet or whatever she says and he it's all coming out now Mm -hmm. and it's just like 
they just needed all these words to be put out there. It's not that the outcome is going to be changed. It's like, they just needed all these words out. Well, I feel like what happened was they were in bed and she, you know, brought up this idea about taking, taking the job, taking Mm -hmm. the internship and they were suddenly demagnetized. And then all of a sudden they, they have this like, their emotions are heightened again. And all of a sudden, oop, remagnetized and boop, stuck together. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. They're I feel like, like it's really weird this, to think this. about <laughs> this scene in the context of you saying boop. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's what happened. It's what okay. happened in my head. That's <laughs> upsetting. Well, all right. That's fine. So uh, boop. They have sex. <laughs> You're just mid-argument, and then they just like go in for the kiss that never ends. Yeah, and yeah. and just fall down on the bed, and we get this very self-satisfied voiceover Sally tape yeah. from Felicity saying, "And the first time we ever had sex." There were 40 people in the other room and no one knew as the camera pans over to the other room full of 40 silent people all (laughs) staring at a room with two people clearly going at it (laughs) in the audio background. You just hear the squeak of a mattress. Yeah. And Javier's like, maybe we should all make some sort of noise so it doesn't seem like we know what's happening. (laughs) And then everybody starts chattering at once. And over all of it, you can hear Javier say, how about those baseball teams? (laughs) (laughs) I love his awkward, like, let's cover up for some things. I He's, always, every time uh, he has to like do a cover up, it's always yeah. about sports. Do you remember the first season when the woman who was the, uh, when he was going trying to do the green card marriage with Felicity and the woman comes to inspect them and he's like, how about that football? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, oh, it's just classic. Yep. And now I'm a little confused because the next scene we're going to see is Felicity and Ben in bed. Mm-hmm. They've had, they've had, okay. So timeline wise is where I'm mixed up. So they had sex. Did they return yes. to the party or did they just ignore the party and they just stayed in his room? For the time? <laughs> I think they must have returned to the party. Okay. Um, that, that's nice. I mean, I'm a little bit, you know, maybe all guys well they were in ben's room right mm-hmm. yeah okay so that that makes it better because for some reason i didn't i thought they were in like the coat room or something and um i was like where like did he have a condom on him like that's just what he was thinking all the time always no, has one. they're in his but they're in his bedroom they're in so, his room. Right, yeah so um no i think they probably go back considering felicity thinks that no one knew okay all right that's that makes a lot more sense to me so okay plus i mean you got to admit like ben's probably pretty stopped up at this point Mm -hmm. so i doubt it lasted that long 
Okay. That seems fair. He is a college This has boy. been a long time coming, guys. Um, my goodness. Well, yes. So now I guess they return to the party. Now they, they're, it's that night. I don't know. Uh, yeah, maybe they, in the future, maybe they did it again. Maybe they, they did happy. it again. It seems like maybe they did and they're in bed and they're having, they're just breaking down <sighs> all the things that Ben can't say correctly. Like, yeah. Javier, Javier. She mocks him for, I think, anything again in this one. Yeah, she know. says, you say anything. This is the first time she brings this one up. I I um, highlighted it to you Yeah, previously. I've never heard, really heard him say it, but all right. Neither have I. I haven't um, paid attention to it. But she's like, you say anything. He's like, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, you say it weird. Like when you try to say Javier. And he's like, I don't say it like that anymore. And Fish and I... We're thinking, no. you really never said it like that in the first place. No, that was not a thing. No. Why do you keep bringing this up? Why? Yeah. It's not a thing. That was an invention for one episode. And I then brought up in at least like two or three other episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. And then we but get... They are beautiful together. I will say that. They are mm-hmm. just beautiful people yes. in bed together. They look just like models very true which they are and then ben says that he's sorry she lost the internship she's like ah no you're not um no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're gonna go from there to i guess this is the next day or it's later that day maybe that the scene we were just seeing was that morning and then it's later that day and they're setting up for a wedding could have been and um it is really beautiful i mean you're right the flowers (laughs) are incredible they've got an outdoor tent they've got all the the seats set up although it does seem like their guests are there wiping down the chairs so maybe that's how they got it done like free labor from their friends yeah they they have uh they got a tent in a park so they must have reserved some space in the park they got this outdoor tent they got the i mean they had the whole rehearsal dinner in the loft basically catered by sean and richard so you know i mean you can do a wedding in two weeks if like your friends are doing it for you Um, but i think for the setup that they had the actual ceremony um they had an officiant they had you know they had a dj they had um i mean they had a dj but at least with the music that we heard they didn't pay much yeah. I mean, I, I feel as though what they had, especially for the fact that we've got, I mean, Natalie came in, there's like a bunch of people there who I'm guessing some people had to fly in for this. I do think that for what they set up, you need a little bit more than two weeks. <laughs> like, and if you have two weeks, they must have paid through the nose for this. I will say that the flowers were incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think was, those were absolutely spectacular. They really did a good job of the camera angles on this because I feel like this felt really beautifully shot. And it was a beautiful almost, setting too. Yeah, you almost forget that you're in a park once they start showing you the scenes from within the tent. 
Um, I like that it was outdoors. I mean, I, I always like outdoor weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like that it was in a park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we're setting up for it though. And we're in, you know, the area where I'm guessing the, um, the ceremony itself was going to be Ben and Julie and, you know, however many people are, are setting up the chairs and getting everything wiped down for it. And Julie is, she has like a, a rain cloud over her head. Yeah. Yep. She has a fantastic dress on, but Mm -hmm. she, it's getting wet. It's, she has a, a giant thundercloud just drenching her. Yeah, she is in her thoughts for sure. Mm. And Ben, the thing is, Ben is the only person really. Well, I mean, Felicity knew about Carol. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the people that know that Carol's back, only Ben had the context for it. And so Ben approaches Julie. And Julie is actually pretty forthcoming with sharing information about what just happened with Carol. And she's like, well, my dad needs a kidney transplant. Yeah. And Carol came to tell Julie that because she wanted to see if Julie would test to see if she's a match for donating a kidney. Yep. Julie says to Ben, I walked out because who is this woman? You know, she only, she, she abandons me and only comes back when she needs me is basically yeah. Julie's breakdown. Never, and never introduces me to my father, but now all of a sudden that he needs something like what? Like what? Yeah. She's angry about it. And Ben says, all right, look, yeah, your mom handled it wrong. And for the and second not just time, this. I think Ben is like, your mom has, ha- has handled everything, everything. all yeah. wrong. Um, so I think he's very much trying to put the context to the whole, whole yeah. situation with Carol, not just this. Yeah. Um, and for the second time, I say the same thing at the same time. I was like, but. Yeah, you said but. And Ben says, but <laughs> your father is innocent and he's the one who's sick Mm -hmm. so he's given julie something to think about i mean what he said is true it's a situation that sucks and frankly i mean look i guess the writers just wanted to like give Julie every horrible thing that could happen in like a lifetime to one character. And this is, this is the character they chose. She's had a rough couple of years. She's had a rough couple of years and listeners. um, Amy Jo Johnson. I, I believe that Amy Jo Johnson her mom had either died in real life or was dying, or I feel like her mom passed away in real life and eventually, and and she like was trying to work through it up until the point when she leaves the show. 
Um, I don't know what the timing was of that. And I wonder if, if when this storyline was happening, how in the thick of that she was, if at all. Yeah. Because this would have tapped straight in to a real grief. Um, you know, a, a loss of a parent to grief or like a parent is really sick grief, I think is a, a similar, a similar sort of thing. And so I wonder, I do, I do kind of wonder what the timeline was here. So if any of you have context on that, um, I don't know if you've ever heard something more specific about the timeline, but I'm pretty sure that's what I've heard. And I just think about that. I think about when, you know, actors have to act something that's like, pretty close to home yeah it's gotta be i don't know i guess either really tough or really like easy to tap into but either way probably that's the thing right it's like i mean it probably makes you really good at your job because you're tapping into something that you know you have that direct personal experience with but i think with something like this it's like you know is it cathartic how do you shed it at the end of the day if it's not um yeah. Does it's it take a toll a on you? It's really a lot. But you're right. They've just given Julie everything under the sun. And and this is so complicated too, because it's apparent that Julie has never met. Well, I mean, she saw him from across the room once. But Bradley she's, Whitford. she's never met him. And her connection to him is through Carol. I know. It's like, really? Like, Carol, you, you're not even going to, like, introduce them? Like, it's, you just so show up? much baggage with Carol. For as little interaction <laughs> as she has had with Carol, there's so much baggage with her. And yet, like, sh- this woman is the person who's delivering all of this and asking for a favor. And it's so complicated. Mm-hmm. It would be really hard. I think to do, to even assess what you think the right thing to do is here when there's this much like murkiness of emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but so your assessment on this was like, when you said, but I had a real sense that you thought we yeah, have a, but her dad, you know, I mean, it had to be said, it doesn't, you know, I mean, Julie's going to do what Julie's going to do, but like, these are just facts, right. Yeah. Um, and it's just a terrible situation. Yeah. It's just a really, really terrible situation that they've given her again. Yeah. Well, we're of course, I'm also, again, as I said, doing a Roswell rewatch and, you know, uh, was his name Kyle? No, what's his name? Uh, The guy who rapes Julie. Oh, in the show Felicity? Zach. Zach. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was like in Roswell. I don't know. No, no. the, the <laughs> um, guy. So yeah. the guy who plays Zach has just come into Roswell oh, as okay. I'm like watching it. Um, and I'm like, where do I know that? Oh, uh-huh. that guy. 
Yeah. And now this for her. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Life is not easy for Miss Julie. No, it is not. So that's what's going on in Julie's world. But we're going to head over to a conversation between Felicity and Javier, where Javier is about as jittery as he has ever been. And he is wearing the biggest freaking boutonniere. And like Samuel also has one and Samuel's best man has one. And it's just like so many huge boutonnieres. They're so big. They're so big. They shouldn't be that big people. So Javier is jittery in his too big boutonniere. Much too big. And he is just. And Felicity is again perfectly dressed. I'm telling you. She's keeping him calm. Yeah. And she's she's talking him up and just like, you know, he's like on a scale of one to ten to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, with ten being me. Yeah. <laughs> like, how fabulous am I? Or whatever he says. Like, at least and a ten. It's like, yeah. oh, thank you. It's like Felicity, at least give him like an eleven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, so, you know, she's just sort of getting it back on track. And then Sean, who had the phone forwarded from the loft, has to has to find Felicity because there's a phone call for her, which immediately sets Javier aflame because he's like, (laughs) this is about me. I'm being left at the altar. Samuel not coming. Yeah, just relax. And so it turns out it's Professor Morton. Mm-hmm. and uh big surprise the internships available yeah didn't Grand, see that one coming a mile Grand away Stewart, you can't do it after all and fish Ugh. was uh was shocked my yeah. eyes hurt from rolling that hard okay oh boy all right well i think i'm gonna have to let the record show in my in my score i'm gonna have to reflect that on this uh complete <laughs> landing of this whole thing for you um <laughs> So, okay, Natalie and Noel arrive mm-hmm. and Elena's like, where have you been all night? <laughs> like, you just yeah. left early from the rehearsal dinner. I haven't seen you since. Thought we were like making plans. And I was like, we were just walking around the city all night. Well, I mean, he says it. It's like a romantic way. He's like, you know, we just... We walked all night, you know, it's like one of those really romantic things when you can walk around in the middle of New York City and not get killed. Um, you yeah, know, it means you may be destined for each other. And and then we're really going to see Natalie and Elena sort of square off here where Natalie's like, haven't you ever done something like that before? And Elena's like, if we ever get to know each other better, <laughs> then maybe I'll tell you about the things I've done. And Tracy's sitting next to her and he's like, I know. Oh my God. I Um, love his expressions throughout this because Alina's just throwing shade like ref, like right, left and center. mm -hmm. And, uh, and Tracy's always in the background, like making a face about it. Yeah. I think it's important to see this side of Alina because it's been a, it's been a while. And I feel like we have seen so much of supportive friend Elena and the loyal Elena and how she has people's backs. Well, but she's also had some like serious opinions about like 
Ruby and about like Tracy being a virgin and she dishes out truth. She's been honest she with her. She dishes friends. out her truth. Y- yeah, yeah. She, but what yeah. I'm seeing <laughs> for her with Natalie, I am seeing what it looks like when Elena thinks that there's a virulent strain that has been introduced <laughs> to the group. She she's like the white blood cells. Yeah, like this is a threat. This isn't just, I need to share some sort of a deep truth with a friend who's a friend. Like she's still doing that for them. Like this, this is still is part like of her being a friend. Assassins, Elena. This is savage. Like she is ready to cut Natalie's throat. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's just like, we're seeing this side of her and it's still, to me, it's still coming out of a deep protectiveness of her people. You know, like, I think that she's, she sees Natalie as a threat to know. Which, again, and, and yes, it is completely prejudging someone. Totally. But when I see someone that looks like Natalie, just like Elena, I think she's trouble. Well, and, you know, we see that Noel's making these decisions. Like, I don't know what they, you know, maybe... Um, Elena and Tracy were planning on going to the wedding with Noel and Noel totally bailed on them or something like Mm. Noel, Noel is making decisions that don't, you know, that she's noticing here based on this new person he seems to be hanging around with. And so she's, she's suspicious. Um, and she lets Natalie know it. And Natalie is an equally strong character and can like face off against her. So it was like two lines of dialogue that I'm reading everything into here, but I just, I really enjoyed this moment of looking at Elaine and being like, wow, she's, she's like in attack mode to fend off a threat. And I, well, and I think she's also very skeptical uh, about Natalie being around that long. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see, like, I can't remember how deep this really ends up going, but um, I don't know. I liked this little nugget that we got here. Um, I enjoyed it too. Then we're going to get a conversation with Sean and Megan. Uh, and Megan in the like black with the red bra sticking out and all of the jewelry. I just uh, love it. Love it. Yeah. And Sean, Sean is just going to like, you know, he's going to stand up to her. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, um, stand up to her is right. Like I stand up for himself to her. Yeah. Is, is what I take from this. And for a second, the way this was written, it was like, Ooh, this might be headed in a bad direction, but as the, as the dialogue keeps going, he works himself into a safer space. I think for a 2020 or 2022 version of this, he's like, look, we have some, we've had some of the most fun nights of all time together, but then during the day you treat me like crud, you know? And, and then this is the part that I was like, Oh, this could go wrong. He's like, you're staying in my loft. Yeah. You're like, I'm I'm doing you you a favor. Yeah. Like, so I was like, ooh, let's work our way out of this real quick. And then he said, so I would really appreciate it 
Like, oh, no, no, I, no, no. That is not what he said. He says demand or deserve. He says, I deserve and demand yeah. some courtesy and kindness. Yeah. Like during the day when all the people can see it, including yeah. me. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, and I was glad that he it went that direction. Me too. Um, yeah. But it was, yeah, it was nice to see him be like, stop treating me like this. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad he, he said it to her. Um, I kind of wish he would say something similar to Richard, uh, (laughs) since Richard just constantly calls him fat. Um, and yeah, uh, someone needs to slap that boy, but yeah, I agree. You know, Megan, she's just not being she isn't being respectful and she isn't being kind. Um, and she needed to be called out for it. And I, I just like the juxtaposition of him, him saying like, you have to be nice. Like you can't, you can't be so mean and like being demanding it like, and, and, and as he should, um and then saying and i have a gift for you yeah well and also before he gives her that gift he like looks for a reaction from her to the thing he just said and she's like yeah okay yeah. like she, it's fair. she yeah she she acknowledges it she's like that's, that's fair and um and because she has that reaction he then takes this next step of giving her a gift yeah and the thing is, I don't know, like, you know how we have like two Sean's, we have like a split personality Sean. Okay. We've got the like bull in the China shop Sean who like never knows what's going on and is completely oblivious to the world. Mm-hmm. And then we've got like a wise Sean who like gives Julie advice and comfort and like notices things. And it's like, well, here he's taken a real notice and he gets her something that is for her, you yeah. know, it's something that kind of fits. Yeah. He gets her, is it a bracelet? I think it's a necklace. Okay. So it's got a, it's a skull charm on, we're thinking it's a necklace. Um, and she's impressed by this. She apparently has never been given jewelry that she doesn't put in her tongue, nose, nose or belly, belly button. button. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's sweet. I think this is about as like, aw, as you're going to get from <laughs> Megan at this moment. Yeah. But I, I like what they've set up with this. She starts to say something and then she gets interrupted and she's like, let me finish. And then she finishes. <laughs> Mm-hmm. She's done this a couple of times now with like the pornographers comma comment before and now with this like jewelry thing. I hope they continue to do that. I'm I'm like I think their it. whole relationship is that really. Um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna now get into the actual wedding of it all. So we're gonna see the ceremony. So many bow ties and boutonniers. And so much crying from Richard. So much crying from Richard. I mean, so much that he needs a tissue from someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And we're going to see, we're going to see the vows. They're kind of going to skip to the vows really for what we actually see here. And the main thing, you know, yeah. their vows, the main thing is that Javier is going to reveal, oh, thank you, Samuel, for being so supportive, especially since I just told you last night that I'm going to be a freshman at UNY next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's something you want in your wedding vows captured forever, right? Yeah. I mean, talk I mean, about exposition in a wedding vow, um, uh, not yeah. necessary information for the wedding goers. And then poor Samuel Farrell here doesn't even get any screen time during his vows. He starts saying his vows and they just like pan over to, <laughs> to Felicity and Ben. Yeah. It's just like, it's like Javier, what? I look at you and I see love. And then and of course, we see Felicity. Yeah. <laughs> see love ben. when she looks at Ben. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I was saying this earlier um, to Melissa, like I don't really like wedding or um episodes where people give birth like they're not my favorite so i mean i guess the best thing i could say about this is it's a quick ceremony Mm -hmm. um also uh, the weird 70s dj music why why well yeah yeah why i see what you're saying we're gonna head into the, the dancing in a moment it's not okay yeah um but yeah, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, we're getting the whole, the whole Samuel Dow and, and Felicity and Ben just looking at each other with googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they now both have those, uh, those glasses on in my mind. Oh my <laughs> just God. looking at oh, each other. <laughs> so we're going to get that. They're going to, they're going to skip to the cutting of the cake. Um, you know, they're just giving us some of these little highlight moments and, you know, they cut the cake and Javier feeds Samuel and Samuel has, I don't know, frosting or whatever all over his mouth. And then he kisses the top. Frosting what was it? whatever. What was it? Buttercream? That's frosting. Like, what do you think is on a cake? He's got cake and frosting. There could be a lot of different things on cake. (laughs) But there's not. Fondant. No, it's frosting. Uh, it's okay. frosting and cake. All right, all right, fine. <laughs> Look, all right, fine. I don't eat much cake myself, so just deal with it, okay? So, um... <laughs> but you know what it is, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you've experienced. You've had the experience of cake. I guess frosting. so. I mean, that's the the thing I like the least about cake, which is why I don't eat it. That it has all that crap on it. Yeah, um, just give uh, me the dense cake. Give me a brownie. <laughs> Hot I don't want anything on cake here. So uh, I'm just saying, if we're talking about personal preferences, which we're not, but I'm bringing the conversation there. I'm doing it because this is our podcast and we can do whatever we want. Uh-huh. I am all about desserts that are so dense that they just immediately sink to the bottom of your stomach. Like I have never uh-huh. been a person who said, oh, that's too rich for me. <gasps> no, I want it so to like- just go like plummet to the bottom of my stomach. Yes, the flourless chocolate tort, right. like the Mexican torts with the chili peppers in them that are right. like a brick. Right, like a brick. I want bricks, okay, yeah. but dessert <laughs> bricks. So yeah. when people describe like, when they're like, oh, it's whipped and it's light and it's airy and it's moussey, I'm like, get it out of my face, all right? 
So Get meringue is like your worst nightmare. You like run from meringue and like the French macarons. And like whipped cream. And so basically a cake like this, I don't even want to know what's on top of it. Okay. Because <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong. Uh, let's be careful about that. Uh, what is on top of the cake is is um, two little men standing together. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, they've got a cake topper. Mm-hmm. I wasn't worried about that. It was more the whatever the this whippedness is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a fan. Fair enough. All right. So, I mean, hey, look, to each their own. But what it does allow us to do, because Samuel has this all over his mouth, and so he uh, leans down sort of and then like kisses Javier's forehead with it and gets it all over his forehead. He he like uh, gets up on his sort of like tiptoes and he kisses um, Javier's like bald head. Yeah. Like the top of his head. Yeah. Which was a With the excess frosting. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of cute. Um, and so then, all right, so now we're going to get dancing, which this is where you started. I mean, the music is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And also, and I made Fish watch this a bunch of different times. There's <laughs> just a lot of people dancing and all the people doing the background dancing. I was like, what are they doing even? <laughs> they were making really bold dance choices when they probably... Who knows? Who knows what song they thought was going to be playing? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like Javier and Samuel were making their own bold dance choices. So yeah, That's every single wedding. person seemed to be making like significant choices in the non-slow dance part of this, and it was like, wow, this is not safe. You know, like this is. <laughs> there's ways to dance safe. Mm-hmm. To a beat when you're not really sure what the song's going to be behind it. Or if you do know, um, there's still ways to like not go too far out on a limb. And for whatever reason, the, the note here was like, everybody just be weird. Yeah. Get weird, guys. I, <laughs> I again think this is a gay stereotype. Um, this is oh, like, dance at a gay wedding. Everyone be like weirdly flamboyant. And it's like, mm, that doesn't mean that you can't dance. You could be right about that, actually. Now that I'm thinking about that. Yeah, it's certainly how it came <laughs> off to me. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Well, it's certainly struck a chord with me. Look, I look for dance. I, I dance. I watch people yep. dance. And I, I just thought, this is bold. These are choices. <laughs> um, yep, they were. But so we're going to see, as other people are dancing, we're going to see Felicity and Ben sitting down. Oh, my God. And uh, Ben says something about, you know, I'm not worried about anything. Hear it? I said it right that time. Anything. Because you haven't actually heard me say it wrong at any point. But we're making we're a big make deal a big out of deal it. About it. Yeah. And then Felicity I mean, he says, clearly looks up to, like, Javier and Samuel's relationship. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate that yeah. about him. He's watching their fancy freeness. Mm-hmm. It's like, I love it. So then Felicity says, well, I got the internship. And oh my God. I know. I know. I'm s- I, I don't have words. Okay. Do I need to Seriously, for again, you? again, again, we're going to ask this question. She says, I got the internship. And Ben says, what fish? Are you going to take it? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> oh my god! Yes, she's going to take it. She's taking the internship. Do oh. I need to tattoo this on her forehead so you can just constantly see as a reminder? Yes, comma. She's going to take the internship. <laughs> So she acknowledges that she will take it. And this just sort of sits with Ben for a second. And then he says, well, then I guess we should go dance. Yeah, which is ridiculous because he's got this like ruffled untucked shirt on. Who untucks their shirt at a day wedding? Mm -hmm. And then is, I mean, yes, sometimes women take their shoes off. But I've been to weddings. Nobody like untucks their shirt while the sun is still out. Oh, like that's a like two a.m. move. Okay. Don't okay. don't do that if you go to weddings. Don't do that. All right, fair enough. I when I go to a wedding next, I'm not going to untuck my shirt. That's for sure. Um, okay. So Noel and Natalie are also yeah. sitting down having a conversation, and oh my goodness. I know. I just, I, at the start of this, I just wrote infatuation, not Ooh. going to end well. Yeah. Because <laughs> Noel is giving Natalie the Felicity eyes now. And I'm just like, no, no, you can't, you can't go from like Ruby to like being this in to Natalie. No. You know, I kind of feel like, um, so, okay, here's what Noel is actually saying to her. How is it? Like after one night, I feel so, I already feel so connected to you. I feel more of a connection with you than anyone I can think of recently. Natalie yeah, now has so much information about Noel that she's yep. like, do you think that's because of Ruby? Yeah. She's like, you think it's because you're heartbroken over Ruby? And then Maybe. Noel goes into this whole thing about, he's like, you know what, after all of this year, like, I'm just so sick of being the, like the nice friend guy, the kind guy, the accommodating guy. Look, I, I am on board with how they wrote this because mm -hmm. he doesn't actually say being mm -hmm. what he says is he's spent the last year trying Mm -hmm. to be or like trying to do the right thing yeah and it's like fine you may have been trying you did not succeed the majority of the time mm -hmm. but okay i will give you that you made an effort and yeah. that you were like emotionally tormented by the fact that you in fact couldn't be a good person yeah. Another writing choice that I like in this scene is that as he's saying all this, he says, you know, uh, with respect to the people that we've recently had relationships with, like, yeah. you know, and I think what we're getting here is the lived in quality of a conversation that is resuming from an entire night of walking together. Mm -hmm. And you know what this made me think of fish have you ever seen, okay, what is the movie? What are the movies called? The ones with Ethan Hawke? Yeah, and, the three, um, the three the before movies. Before Midnight or After Midnight or? It's like, mm. um, like before sunset. 
Yeah, before sunrise, but like before there's a sunrise, sequence of three. after sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. So for okay, so for anybody who's seen those movies, those movies, are, the first movie in the sequence is Ethan Hawke and this other woman. I, I I don't remember the name, her name off the top of my head. Um, they meet each other. It's like a happenstance, two strangers meeting each other. They walk and talk all night. And what you watch is like sort of a plotless, but like you're in their conversation. It's all about the dialogue. And it's a whole night that you spend with these characters, just absorbing all of their conversations. It's a beautiful set of three movies. It is. It's really lovely. And the three are a little different each, but that's the thought. That's the whole first one is this, this encounter. And I felt as if, well, and all three of them are that. Mm-hmm. It's just they're at diff like different they did stages. the first one, and then they're like older in the second one, and then they're older in the like final one. Yeah, and watching this this scene with Nolan Natalie made me feel like they had a night like the two people in that movie, and had we just seen it, we would understand. You know, like their conversation here, she's talking about Ruby. He's making reference to her past relationship. They spent a whole night talking about the real stuff. Mm -hmm. And this conversation they're having, even though it's only been one night, I see why Noel feels so connected because he's just unpacked it all with Natalie in the Mm -hmm. amount of time that he's had with her. And it seems as though they've both been really listening to each other and like just letting each other talk. Yeah. But it does seem like throughout that night, Natalie hasn't let the crazy out and she's about to. Yeah. We have seen no reason up until this point, up until this moment, why Javier would be thinking she is the devil. But (laughs) then she says, do you want to do something dangerous something wild, something spontaneous. And I'm thinking, of course, she means her. Um, but no, I, I assume it means they go off and, and do something over the summer, which, you know, you know what? You're young, Noel. Do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, when we kind of trail off looking at Noel's face here, it seems like he does want to do something dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't actually answer, but we feel as though we got an answer. He, he definitely wants to do Natalie. Mm-hmm. The rest of it, sure. Why not? Yeah. So now we're going to change from that mood real quick. And we're going to go to, there's like a slow song that's starting. Julie is sitting alone, looking miserable. We have weird music going on. Yeah, darling. Weird. I don't know. Anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, that was my impression of the song we heard from the DVD version. Yep. I don't know what was Weird. playing in the original. <laughs> um, anyway, so Julie's alone. Javier's like, no, no, no. This doesn't happen at my wedding. He grabs her and brings her to the dance floor for a slow dance. And everyone's dancing to the slow song. Mm-hmm. Including everything. Felicity and Ben. Yeah. And seemingly 
something Melissa has noticed uh, that Ben Ben tends to deflate. It, it seems like he just is like that's how he dances. Mm. He just sort of like wraps his whole body around whoever he's dancing on, whether it be the lovely Pam or Felicity. This is just how he how he does it. This well, uh, to be fair, it's not like he's happy right now about the fact that That's Felicity is about to true. stay in New York. Um, so if we were seeing happy Ben dancing like this, I'd be ultra confused, but yeah. okay. You know? Um, and so they're both, they're dancing, but they're obviously both thinking about the fact that they're about to be apart for a while. And Felicity says, I don't want you to leave. Yeah. But then we're gonna we're gonna see that uh, he is gonna leave, and I just wrote sad, pretty people. Did you ever, for a moment, think he wasn't going to leave? Because no, they worked I, overtime to try to make you think that. No, I always thought he was gonna leave. However, I did think when we saw the airport shot mm-hmm. that he might come back. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the next morning we see them in bed. Ben's already awake. Felicity is asleep. The alarm. And he's just kind of looking at her and looking at his airline tickets. And he, um, the alarm goes off and then he, Felicity wakes up and he wraps her in a hug. So he was just kind of letting her be at peace. And then, yeah, he's uh, it's looking like he's going to head to the airport, but it's looking like he's, you know, he's contemplating it. He might be a little bit torn. Hard to say. Yeah, maybe, but I still felt like you. he was going. Yeah. Didn't fool you one bit. Well. Well, not at this point. Okay. Then the loft phone rings. Mm-hmm. it's elena she gets sean on the phone and she's panicked mm-hmm. does, does anybody know where noel is noel left he's not helping to pack the apartment he left a note well he, he packed half his stuff mm-hmm. and just it's not there yeah um and he wrote see you in september maybe mm-hmm. uh-huh and so she's... tracy's just sitting in the background eating some cereal yeah. Kind of side-eyeing Elena as she's having this conversation. Yeah. For Elena, this is like a full red alert. Um, and then, okay, so that's what we see there. We're setting up probably for whatever's going to happen there with Noel. And then Julie. In a fantastic outfit again. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's going to call Carol, but hang up as soon as Carol answers. Yeah. So maybe they're setting up for something there. Well, I mean, she has to make some decision. Yeah, but she's not doing it at this moment. I'm sure they're not going to make it easy on her. No, I guess not. And then we head to the loft and we've got another Megan and Sean scene. Yeah, she's, um, that's it. She quits. She quits. And Sean's like, fine, fine. You don't have to. It's fine. You don't have to be with me. It's fine. And she's like, she's no, like, no, no, 
Mm-hmm. I quit Wicca camp. Mm-hmm. And she sits down and she's like, so I'm loaded. <laughs> I mean, that was the short of it. That was the, that was the short of it, which is actually kind of an important point anyway. Um, but it comes out in the context of my parents have a villa in Tuscany. And Sean's like, good for them. And mm-hmm. she's like, want to go for a couple months? Yeah. And I think Sean, like, kind of left his body for a moment there. <laughs> yeah. He was like, oh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I this, think for sure. This, this is a decision I will make. Easy. Yeah, this is not hard. Easy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> But I do think it does, like, I think it's kind of cool all the different things that they set up with this because, yes, they're setting up that Megan's making this choice to the opposite choice from Felicity um, to be with the guy. Mm-hmm. I think that they're progressing Sean and Megan's relationship. I think that they're showing that she's willing to not treat him like dirt during the day. Um, <laughs> you know, I think they're setting all that up. But I also think that they're showing us, like, wow, oh, Megan comes for money. And Sean maybe doesn't, you know, it's just like, well, he does have that rent controlled loft. Yeah. I mean, his loft is amazing, but I, I, you know, I feel like he's not an opulent guy. Um, Although he has an enormous number of inventions in (laughs) the design (laughs) phase. And I don't know where he's getting the capital for that, but anyway. Yeah. um, I mean, Look, they've shown him as a guy who struggles to get loans and struggles to get funders. And they, they haven't yeah. really positioned him as being independently wealthy per se. Yeah. So um, there's that. And he does need the rent from like Ben sometimes. Yeah. To pay his mortgage. Um, but here's the thing though. Like I love them together and I think it's great, but I think we have to suspend disbelief here for a moment because they are clearly each other's like rebound people, right? Mm -hmm. Like she's just been rejected by Greg who she's been in love with forever. Mm -hmm. And he's just been not only rejected, but walked in on Julie, like kissing Noel. Mm -hmm. And now they're gonna, you know, now they hooked up in a bathroom the size of a postage stamp (laughs) and now they're going to go to Tuscany for a couple of months. I mean, this seems like a rebound thing, but I, I know because I remember like, that's not where they're going to take this. So I do think one might argue, and this is, you know, a huge spoiler. So don't listen to the next 20 seconds. (laughs) If you aren't familiar with the show, but if you are familiar take with my the show, head, should I take my headphones off? No, I think it's fine, Fish, because you know, like oh. Sean and Megan are basically going to be the most functional couple in the entire show <laughs> by the time season four ends. So it's like, how? How do they get there from here? You know, it's it's a fun journey actually to see what they go on. Um, but I don't remember most of it, but like, I do remember they're like together and get married and stuff. So great. But Mm -hmm. the way it starts, like should not, 
should not typically lead to the <laughs> lasting stable relationship, right? Yeah. But you know, you hey, think. again, everybody's everybody's different. Everybody's different indeed. And the different people here from that scenario are going to be Ben and Felicity. With another Ooh. taxi scene. Mm, another taxi scene indeed. We get a lot of those in the show. Yeah. Um, oh, ben and Felicity are ben saying Felicity goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye. They're at the saying it with their tongues. Well, they have some dialogue first. And he's like, you know, if, if you don't like the internship, you can always come back home. She's like, I know, I know. He's like, it's only for a summer, though. She's like, yeah. And then they, they have, you know, they hug, they kiss and they hug. And as they're hugging, Ben says, I love you. And nope. she says, I love you, too. Mm-hmm. And she's crying. And is this the first time that you think they've said, I love you? I think that's the point. I think that they're, I think this is the first time they've said, I love you. Yeah, I thought so too. I believe the fact that when Elena asked Felicity, do you love Ben? And she doesn't answer. I think that was meant to be like that. Oh, they haven't actually said that to each other yet. Well, she said it to talk to Pavone in the bathroom. Uh, and also that, yeah, like nobody said love yet. So they've told us a couple times that this is another. They basically had two milestones in this episode. Um, they had sex for the first time and they said, I love you for the first time. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, pretty big. Um, they had their first, you know, public fight at a wedding. You might say um, it's the biggest deal there is. <laughs> is it though? I don't know. For some reason, <laughs> and and maybe it's just because last last time we left on a cliffhanger, this whole episode did feel kind of anticlimactic, especially after the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then this is where they try to like misdirect you where they try, but do they succeed? So they have Felicity <laughs> lying in bed alone, lingering shot. Boy, are they showing a lot of this Felicity lying in bed. What are we waiting for? Then? And she's so tiny yeah, on the bed. She's like so tiny and the whole big bed is there. Yeah. And then they're like, now we're going to show you Ben. Ben's at the airport. Ben's thinking real hard. We're going to linger on this for a minute. <laughs> yeah. The, the airport scene, I mm-hmm. was like, he might come back. Mm-hmm. Well, they but have when the phone rang, stand rings, up and walk yeah. out of his seat. And you're like, where's he going? And exactly. then they show Felicity in the bed again. You're like, oh my God, he's going to burst in. They're going to spend the summer together. He's going to be poor. He's going to not be able to pay his tuition for college. <laughs> <laughs> it's very impractical. Yeah. Um, but the phone rings mm-hmm. and I did not think the phone was going to be Ben. Like if Ben came back, I thought he was just going to like come back in. Come back with jazz right. hands. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All the jazz hands. Yeah. And then uh, maybe jump on the bed a couple of times. That didn't happen. So. No, did not. Who is on the phone, Fish? It's Dr. Pavone. Okay. She would like Felicity to stop by for just a few minutes. Did she give everybody the loft number as her new phone number is she just committed I mean, to I, not being an ra anymore i'm pretty sure sh- i mean school's over it, i guess so. she is no longer an ra um <laughs> and thank god for that uh it seems to me 
that her plan is to stay in the loft all summer. I mean, it doesn't look like she's going anywhere. Sean's not going to be there. He's going to be in Tuscany. Mm -hmm. Julie's going to be working at some inn in, was it Maine or something like that? I'm guessing it was Maine. Yeah. Like, Ben is off in Palo Alto. Like, she's she's going to be alone in the loft all summer. I mean, Noel, God only knows what he's going to get up to. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I mean, while Tracy may have formerly been homeless, Elena's fixed that for him. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what they're doing. So, I mean, it's a big loft for a tiny little girl to yeah. be alone, alone yeah. all summer. It's true. Well, Bovon is going to call her and say, can, can you come talk with me? Mm-hmm. So she's going to head over there. And by the way, um, you were just asking, you know, is Julie going to be in Maine? So I was just looking it up. Astaku Inn is a real inn. Oh. Currently comes up as temporarily closed on Google, but it is located in Northeast Harbor, Maine. So I bet yes, this I- was some pretty cool uh, product placement for them despite the fact that we didn't love the dress <laughs> Julie was wearing earlier, but yeah, it's that looks like rough. a really beautiful oceanfront hotel. Hey, look, it's not open now, but it might be in the future. So for all podcast listeners, more product placement, uh, baked lays and the Coca-Cola and this in, and I don't know, New York city, um yeah all sorts of things those those uh what is it lip venom and the things that you put over your eyes to get rid of the bags under them yeah product placement everywhere this inn is beautiful guys check out their website and look at their video anyway so um we're not we, we aren't <laughs> trying to like look okay fine whatever product placement okay yeah. so we are um, not we are not being paid by any of these groups to endorse the closed yes. Astaku in. But anyway, so um, <laughs> uh, Felicity is going to go and meet with Dr. Pavone. Who I thought for a moment may have quit smoking, oh. but no. No, she does light up during this conversation. Yeah. And Pavone's like, you took the internship. Good on you. Very good right. on you. Good girl, Felicity. Mm-hmm. Good girl. And she's like, but it looks like you're feeling it now. Ben's gone, huh? And Felicity's like, yeah, I'm feeling it. And Pavone gives us a little look at her own life. So she's like, look, I didn't want you to think that I was just being flippant about my advice to you earlier. So I wanted to share something about me. And she shows Felicity a picture of Joe, her husband, and she's she's talking a little bit about their past and she's like well you know he's in the air force or he was in the air force and that meant that early in the relationship we spent four years apart on and off and you know you get through it if you want to get through it you get through it yep and she she says you know you chose yourself over a guy so you're making real adult choices. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm like, ooh, Ben can't come back at this point. Yeah, <laughs> because be guess what? 
Um, and so Felicity says, you know, I wish it felt better. And then Dr. Pavone basically says, suck it up, kid. Being an adult sucks. Yeah. And I, I well, I am going to turn this into my note from an optimist. I mean, I oh, think right after that, huh? Yeah, it was a bad segue, <laughs> but I was eventually going to need to bring this up. And unfortunately, you said that first. Um, but no, from an optimist, decisions coming from a place of personal growth. Look, I think that the decision that Felicity makes here to to choose her journey, to to, to uh, develop herself, to develop something about her, to develop her career. I do think that's the personal growth choice for her. It's a new type of choice. It's the kind of choice that she's shied away from in the past, but we've seen a Felicity this year who's gotten pretty good at, um, at going after the things that she wants. And, uh, and sometimes that was, that was good for the relationship. And sometimes that wasn't, we certainly saw her make a lot of decisions that weren't good for Greg, (laughs) but, you know, I think there is something about her journey here. That's like, it's not just about her chasing Ben or chasing Noel or chasing a guy. It's not just about her getting away from her family drama. It's about her thinking about her future and like, what's going to help her, um, have opportunities moving forward and to be more independent. And, you know, I also think that we're seeing personal growth from Megan, even though she's making the opposite types of choices, because it's just her thinking about things in a new way. And so I love that they're showing that personal growth can look different for different people in this episode, but that, you know, Felicity is making choices coming from this place of how can I be a more complete human and not just be like codependent all the time. Um, I think I I really like that they're showing that and that they're giving us this message. I like that they have Pavone voicing that advice and, and that she's following through on it. And we're seeing a Felicity who is becoming more independent and, and is knowing herself better because she's checking all these things out. Yeah. Um, that's actually like a much more comprehensive version of what I kind of wrote about the last scene and what I saw, um, kind of Felicity is standing alone on the roof, sort of having this moment Mm -hmm. of, you know, I've made my choice and I, you know, I think she, she does have this sense of self that is developing outside of her, you know, parents and outside of her relationship. And she is feeling strength in her own independence. She's also feeling the pain of being away from Ben, Mm -hmm. but you know, as the Aretha theory says, um, she's going to be okay. Like she will survive this. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I think it's a real adult moment for her and mm-hmm. one that I really like for her. Um, so I realized that, you know, you're all listening to this in February and have probably um, already given up on your New Year's resolutions. Um, but hey, we haven't had New Year's yet. So, um, Melissa, is, is there anything you're thinking about in terms of personal growth for like a new year's resolution? Hmm. No, not that I've articulated to myself just yet, but I've got some ideas. 
How about you? No, I don't do them. Okay. Well, there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) We love the fact that there's personal growth in this story, though. Neither of us are going to pursue it in our own lives. I mean, look, I'm, I'm moving into a slightly, I'm pivoting a bit in my business and I'm pivoting with the intention of having fewer clients, but bigger paydays for those clients. And I'm doing that because I want to have more free time. So I guess what you could say, and I haven't directly translated this in a more tangible way, but I guess what you could say is that my, my the goal that I'm moving towards and I'm making active steps to get there is really finding a balance, more of a work-life balance than I was, than I was ever really taught to have because I come from a family that very much valued productivity at all costs. And it was like, you should be working and doing something for the future at every moment. You should always be planning ahead. You should always be prepping. And I think that actually Uh, Over the years, I've learned like maybe sometimes your body and mind need to recover and it's okay to have that built in. And so if you're always like, if you're always setting up for the future, there will never be a time when you don't have something to do. Mm -hmm. And so that is something I'm moving towards, but we'll see. We'll see how that evolves. I am taking steps towards it, but I don't know that I would say that's like, that's been like a, a resolution since midway through this year. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily tied to like the new year itself. And that's what I do too, is I, I don't do new year's resolutions cause I, I pursue things, but, um, they're usually really long-term. Mm-hmm. Like for example, I, you know, I'm sort of have been moving towards like a more healthy lifestyle and all that kind of stuff with the quitting smoking and stuff that I've talked about. Um, but you know, I've been on this sort of journey sort of before, during, and now kind of after, if we consider this after the COVID pandemic. Um, so it's been like a good four years (laughs) that I've been working on all this stuff. So yeah, it's, um, hopefully i'll have some some big new things coming up and again that also goes to some of our scheduling conflicts in the future maybe kind of perhaps we'll see insurance sucks Mm -hmm. um but like yeah it's i i sort of work towards um towards a lot of things over time and most of it has to do with like making sure that I'm integrating like body, mind, and spirit, mm-hmm. like trying to be healthy in all three areas. Well, I support you in your goals, Fish. And I do have to say that I think you know, new, new Year's resolutions are, are great. That, you know, it's a lovely idea. But I also think that a lot of times, like the really important stuff that we need to evolve into for ourselves, often there's often it's a really long-term thing. And sometimes the most important stuff involves like deprogramming yourself from stuff you're used to doing or stuff that you used to believing in. And that's not something that's just like, you wake up one day and you're like, I'm going to do this. It's like, you know, sometimes you really do need to like keep reinforcing like, okay, this is what I've seen all these years. This is what I've been doing all these years, but I want to move towards this other thing. And there's like a retraining process that happens even to, even to change a behavior. 
Like you have to believe in why you're doing it. So I think that is something about this episode that I like as well, because it's not just Felicity saying, I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to, I'm going to stay in New York. I'm going to take the internship. It's coming from a new place. It's like in the past, I've run towards a guy or away from a bad situation, but this decision is going to come from a brand new place and it may not feel great. And it's, it's, I think, um, I think there's something nice about that to like investigate how you're making your decisions and to ask yourself if there's a new thing that might serve you better. I agree. Yeah. I think that was a lovely note from an optimist from our optimist. Well, thank you for that. Now, now I would love to hear from our cynic about who's the worst. So fish, are you ready for the, you're the worst segment? I am ready and I don't think it will be any surprise. Okay. Yeah. Carol. Uh. (laughs) You are the worst. I get it. Julie stalked you and that wasn't the best start, but you did manage to close that door until you busted back in on her, Elena and Felicity, all not eating pizza together. (laughs) and opened up the relationship and Julie's old wounds. Not very motherly, Carol. You kept her a secret and refused to introduce her to her father or her siblings. Mm -hmm. And now you want what? A a kidney? Really? Does her father even know about her yet? How about an intro first? Are you expecting her to be an anonymous donor? bitch that's a whole hell of a lot to drop on your kid out of nowhere and now she's gonna have to carry around any decision she makes for the rest of her life maybe just maybe you should accept her as a legitimate part of your family first and regardless of her decision but i don't think you're gonna do that You know why? Because, Carol, you're the worst. Here, here. Yeah. Can't disagree. I feel very justified in that one. I think there's probably, well, I don't know. I I feel like we haven't really polled the listeners on this, but I have to think there's a lot of people who agree. Yeah. I, I, I feel like of the things that I have called the worst, um, this one I I have felt, well, I personally felt like I was, I, I also thought Ben was the worst. Um, ben I, made I really, a bad I, decision. In that episode. But it's basically what we've seen him to be. He's basically, you know, comes from a good place and seems to be a good guy. Carol is it's like living a web of lies. <laughs> <laughs> She yeah. got herself into this mess and she's just taking everybody down with her. And this is a lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like, it's like a permanent, this is how I'm making all my choices choice. And it's just like every time what's going to be the new brand of bananas that she brings back to Julie. <laughs> yeah. It's never good for Julie. You know, you just mean, <sighs> Carol. Just, you could you could say you're the, the worst. worst perfect 
Thank you. That was fantastic. Thank you very much. I think we found Golf it. Golf clap. Golf clap. So, Fish, it's time for us to head into our favorite segment. Yay. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. Now, um, look, we are going to do a season recap. So I've just been sort of looking through and thinking, which what feedback do we want to save for the season recap? What do I want to mention here? And I feel like there are a few things that even, even if the storylines just closed recently, I still... I still feel like this is a good time for us to just talk through and put like a finer point on some of these things. Um, A couple of them are relevant to what we just saw. A couple of them are just like setting us up for our season recap. So I'm going to start with one that sets us up the season recap a bit. Um, At Queen Shalana 75, I had a comment about Ruby. Uh, She says, to be honest, Ruby grew on me and I absolutely loved her and Noel. It's a shame the actress left because they had to replay this one-sided triangle up until the end. Now, I don't, I guess Fish, you and I will see if that's really true. But now that Ruby has exited the scene, we will see her, I think, maybe one more time in a future episode. But even from what you're seeing here with the way Noel is approaching Natalie, um, you know, you made a comment that you feel like this is a rebound situation for him. So let's just sort of like unpack how things ended with, with Ruby. Like, are you happy about what that relationship was or not? Um, what do you feel like, what state do you feel like she left Noel in? I mean, I think he was heartbroken. Um, I think he really cared about her. He had the intense felicity look, you know, he was thinking about marriage, you know, there was a kid involved. I don't think he was ready for it. I think he was scared, but I do think he really loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it grew, uh, and, and it grew. I think there's just something different when there is a kid involved because you can't think about having a relationship with this person without thinking about the future. So when Ruby leaves, she doesn't just like take the current relationship away. She takes the whole future and the idea of a family and with her and future away too. Mm -hmm. So I could see that being pretty devastating, but I also think Noel recognizes that he wasn't really ready for that. Uh, I think that comes across in some of his comments to Natalie, where he's like, I'm so sick of, you know, trying to be the the good guy and do the right thing. And it's like, yeah, you were trying, but you didn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, he's a college kid. And I think he's probably going to go off and do some crazy and wild stuff. And that's fine. Um, that's what we do. So yeah, I think, I think we've left him. She's left him. She has gone off to a much more stable place. And I think she's left him to kind of run wild and not be so stable. And again, I, I think sometimes that's okay. Mm 
Okay. Now I want to take this back another notch too, because um, one might argue that his relationship with Ruby was a reaction about how things landed with Felicity. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I'm going to bring in a comment here because I, it may seem like a random comment to bring in now, but I actually think all of this is something that we're sort of looking at as we close out with Noel, like feeling this attraction to Natalie, like what the hell's happening for Noel? So here's a comment. Now, Galena Druk has sent me a Noel treatise and I'll have more to say about this in the season recap, which may make more sense for that. But I'm really curious about what's happening for Noel right now. And you just sort of unpatched the whole Noel Ruby, Ruby thing. But I feel like maybe there's something about Ruby that was like a, a, a reaction from Felicity. And so when Galena answers the question, why Noel? Here's something that she shared with us. In the show, I think Felicity's love for Ben is meant to be mirrored by Noel's love for Felicity. While Felicity and Ben eventually come together and have an equal love, as we're seeing now, um, I think that Noel's love for Felicity was never really reciprocated as reciprocated as he wished for. He was mostly the more loving one. And I think the person who wrote in to say that Noel doesn't have a lot of self-esteem, which is Mary Berrigan, I think that's true. You can see this later when he does completely irrational things and starts to self-sabotage. So we may or may not be heading into that world. As Natalie says, do you want to do something dangerous? Um, I, I just think, walk me through your thoughts about this sequence of events for Noel. <laughs> like, I know what you think about Ruby, so walk me through your reaction to Galena here. Um, well, I, I remember thinking back on when he first got together with Ruby and I didn't, I didn't see him dating her as being um, like a, a rebound, quite a rebound relationship because okay. he took his time and he didn't like just jump into it the next day or the next few days like he is with Natalie. Like he and Felicity were on the outs and he was really confronting Felicity very harshly with how he was feeling. He was not holding back. He was not pulling punches. And it seemed like it was going to be very difficult for the two of them to ever become friends again. And what happened was he met Ruby and I think we had a disagreement about this, okay. but my interpretation was that he would have never been able to, to become friends again with um, Felicity if he didn't have Ruby there. Like okay. he needed a girl he needed someone like Ruby who was so like supportive and like loving and easy. And it's why I said they were so perfect together because he's so insecure and she boosts his ego so much. And, you know, it obviously evolved into something much more serious and then continued to evolve with the pregnancy kind of 
past the point that he was ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it, I think it originally they were kind of perfect for each other. It allowed him to get past Felicity and all of his own insecurities and hurt about what happened with her. Mm-hmm. And he, he truly developed this deep relationship with her and the circumstances unfortunately did not allow that to work out like with the timing that it would have needed to like everything got way too accelerated so then you know they had they break up in the middle of him you know being really confused and going through all of this emotional stuff and then he like jumps on natalie's bandwagon and i see those things as two very distinct and separate things like the transition from Felicity to Ruby and from Ruby to Natalie seem like night and day. Interesting. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, love these thoughts that we're getting so far. And we've got a couple more that are specific to this episode and specific to Tony Pabone, because you know, I love a good Tony Pabone comment. Oh okay? yeah. So we've got two that are just Tony Pabone appreciation comments. One is <laughs> at insta.mickey says, Tony Pavone, fire, always <laughs> pushing Felicity and Ben to be more mature. Quit following the girl all the time. Who the hell are you? And take the internship. She's a laughing emoji here. I forgive her unintentionally keeping them apart because she always wanted the best for them. Did she unintentionally keep them Well, apart? I mean, I think this whole, like, take the internship bit is ultimately oh, keeping see. them away for the, for the whole summer. Like, physically, they're apart. Not yeah. in, they, they're not like, she didn't try to keep them out of a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll, I'll roll into the, the next one, and then we can talk about it. So, at Get the Folk Out. <laughs> I like that name. Says, on Tony Pavone, love her. Don't throw away an opportunity to become a more interesting person. Bathroom therapy with Felicity. I follow this advice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Got yeah. some people who really liked what she was putting down in this episode. And I did too. What did you feel about it? I love everything she does. All right. If you had to like rank, <laughs> you had to rank dr pavone's advice what do you think was like her best piece of advice either like you could do one to felicity one to ben or like one for both of them or just one in general well and there's more that you haven't even seen yet there's the whole what's up in until the drawer now. uh up right. until now um i mean i think i think take the intern boy i don't even know how to rank it it's all so good um i mean it's all an 11 between one and javier yes (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what i would say i mean i think what i like about her the most is the broad strokes of it that she so we see her give advice to felicity and we see her give advice to ben and what i like about it is that she is different with those two people she approaches Mm -hmm. them differently she uniquely customizes her approach to match with those, what she thinks those two need. And I like that, right? She's not just um, 
like one tool for every project sort of person. I think the way that she builds a relationship with Ben and gets him to start trusting her, even though he's so reluctant to trust authority figures, she is very effective at building that relationship with him and getting him to the point when he can start thinking about these bigger choices he needs to make. And with Felicity, you know, the, you know, it's hard not to think about, even though this wasn't really advice, it's hard not to think about when she gets Felicity to have that realization of like, oh my goodness, I've been making a lot of decisions on the back of like trying to keep my family happy. Um, Mm -hmm. And that wasn't advice as much as like a moment that just sat with Felicity. Like it's hard to keep the family together, isn't it? Oh my God, that's it. Um, But then you have these moments of actual advice that she gives, but she had to get there first. She has to build that foundation So I think what I really appreciate is her ability to, to not pivot, her ability to find the nuanced way that she needs to build rapport so that the advice can come across. That's my answer. So your answer is um, all of it. That's my her essence, her soul, her being. That's my very super sneaky way. I've never been sneakier than I am right now. Instead of just saying everything. How can you say everything without saying everything? I just did it. Yeah. It, it was masterful. <laughs> um, but this is a good one. We've had, we obviously have had a couple people write in about lines from this very episode. So this landed for a lot of people. And I find it really interesting that at Get the Folk Out was saying, like, I follow this advice about, you know, take the opportunity to become a more interesting person and um it's it's an interesting framework to look at your decisions yeah and i would say i've certainly in the past uh taken that advice um it wasn't advice it was just what i did Mm -hmm. um but the way that i became a more interesting person and I think this is the way most people do is like you live life and stuff happens and then you're more interesting. That's, um, yeah. That works. yeah. <laughs> but I may have gone too far in, in that direction. Um, I've done some, some real interesting stuff and uh, not all of it has led to like the best outcomes. So, you know, um, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> I think uh, you're an interesting person. I think, I, yeah, I'm real interesting, but also there were some bad effects from getting all the, all those yeah. interesting things that I can now now talk about. Um, yeah, yeah, there, 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 there's a cost, um, and so I would say I am much more cautious now that I am older, also because I am interesting yeah and i do have a sense of self so guess what i don't have to be more interesting i did all my interesting stuff i'm old now leave me alone oh wow okay (laughs) whoa um cool well i have made decisions for this framework and i still do and i have found that when i when i make decisions that i think will be interesting choices and you know 
opportunities or adventures that you don't know where it'll head. If I make them from a place of going with my gut, if it feels like something that I'm motivated to do, if it feels like something that I'm like, Ooh, that could be cool. Even if it scares me, then it works out. Even if I have to go through hardships, it works out. If and something interesting comes up and I have a slightly negative gut feeling about it, it works out badly. <laughs> so I've learned that the the intuition factor also has to also has to pay, play a role for me. Um, and my gut is actually pretty good at like warning me off from situations I shouldn't be in. Um, if I listen to it, it's usually smarter. Yeah, so. I would say that's true of me too now. Mm-hmm. However, when I was younger and I didn't have anything to base my intuitions on, mm-hmm. I went ahead and made some real big life choices. Mm-hmm. Real big. I, I think that even when I was younger, it was still working out that way. But something that I've learned um, is that it was really hard to hear my intuition when I was younger because I wasn't used to listening to it. So it was like a very quiet, weak voice and you had to really look for it. And the more I started being like intuition, what do you think? Um, (laughs) And actually listening for it, the easier it was to hear the voice. So I would say it was always pointing me in a, it was always giving me a good contribution, (laughs) like, (laughs) but boy, was it difficult to find it initially. Um, with practice, I think you develop it. Um, but okay. So that's, uh, that's our, we're we're just postulating in all kinds of big life things here, but fish, how about we go back to the episode and rate it? Yeah, that's a good idea. Did you want me to jump in on this one first? Yeah, I would. Okay. So I am rating this one in the unit of Wicca camps. (laughs) Whole camp. Whole the whole camp. camp, except not really, because I'm rating it 7.1 out of 10 Wicca camps. Ah, now, so not the whole camp for the not last Not the whole one. camp. There's a point one of the camp somewhere in there. Yeah. You decide what part of it is. Um, so, okay. First of all, Dear Sally and voiceovers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You so get a whole no, point off. Um, it's does not i feel like we lost a little steam coming out of the last two episodes i feel like we had this whole big build and then we had this monumental aretha theory episode and then we had this really exciting start of a relationship finally-esque finals episode (laughs) this felt like it sort of is it feels like we cleaned the slate again and we're starting over. It's just that Felicity and Ben have a relationship now. So it's sort of like we're resetting and we have to establish these new stories that are going to happen. And um, I don't know. I don't know that I feel like we, I feel like there's a loss of momentum here. I don't feel like if I'm going to name like what episode you have to see from season two, the biggest deal there is probably isn't one that I'm naming. <laughs> so um, I think there's some payoff from, you know, what we've been setting up. We're seeing these people be together in new ways, but I really do think that this is like a, where we have to start fresh and open up some new stories. 
episode. And that's not necessarily the most satisfying thing. It's just a setup episode, which happens to be the season finale. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I don't know. I don't feel like this is something really to write home about, to be honest. But yeah, what do you think? I mean, I felt the same thing by saying like it's it's anticlimactic after the last few, but I'm I'm strangely okay with it because the last few have been so great and so frenetic, mm-hmm. right? And and there have been so many strong emotions and um I don't know, like I've gotten multiple hand cramps, um, just trying to like write all the stuff and frankly, we're doing a lot of podcasting back to back and Mm -hmm. it was getting a little exhausting. So I actually like that this one is sort of like the cigarette after, you know, we're, we're kind of chill. We're yes, we still see Felicity and Ben, like I applaud all of their decisions. And I really like that scene at the end with Felicity on the roof kind of standing on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I like the fact, I mean, they are opening up all of these sort of new things, right? Mm-hmm. But as opposed to it kind of landing flat, because I don't know what's going to happen, I'm actually really interested to see what happens with Megan and Sean what happens with noel and natalie Mm -hmm. like what happens with i don't know like julie and her kidneys like there's like these really hot kind of high stakes things that are you know i don't know what's gonna happen and so it's not a complete cliffhanger in the sense of like felicity is making a choice between you know, like she's made her choice. She's staying there for the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in a steady re- relationship, sort of. They've they've said they love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really interested in all the side characters and yeah. what is going to happen for them. Like, where is Tracy living? Uh, what has Elena come up with for him? Yeah. So you know, um, I actually really enjoyed that. Now, that being said, it does get dinged for me for being a wedding episode, but not too harshly because it was pretty short. Um, Most of the music was good, except for that horrible 70s music. And for the most part, people were like impeccably dressed and the wedding was beautiful. So frankly, this this one was really good for me. So I am going to give it I'm going to give it a 9.25. I don't think it quite gets to a 9.5, but maybe a 9.25. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, Mixed reviews on this one for us, but there it is. That's the episode. And we would love to hear what you all have to say about it. We've posed a whole bunch of questions as we've gone through in this discussion, but also you may have completely different things that we didn't even talk about that you desperately want us to know. Well, you can send us your feedback at themelissafish at gmail.com. That's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. 
You can also find us on Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And if you want to know when we drop episodes, new podcast episodes, you can sign up for our newsletter. You just go wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, check out the show notes, and there's going to be a link in there that you can sign up for. While you're there, you know what else you can do? You can rate or review this podcast because there are people out there who want to find Felicity content and you're going to help them do that if you rate or review it. Now, okay, so what's happening next? Well, first of all, we're going to do a season recap. We want to talk about season two and share any sort of final thoughts on it. We'll we'll do a similar format to what we did when we did the season one recap. We want to see how our thoughts progress from season to season. Then we're looking at probably taking a two to three week break. Fish kind of alluded to some scheduling stuff that may come up. So we're just hedging our bets here a little bit. And after that, we'll jump into season three. And that episode, that first episode will be called The Christening. So lots coming up here, um, but that season recap is the next thing on our list that we're going to cover. How far along is Ruby? She's six months? Well, this is okay. So, Fish, what do you think the christening is? You think it's related to Ruby. I mean, usually it's around a baby, and I don't know any other babies. Okay. Okay. That's just prediction. What do I know? What do I know? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting to see the absolute alarm that that inspired. (laughs) It's it's just because the last time we saw Ruby, she still wasn't showing. And she would have to be at least six months for her to have a baby. And then, like, to christen them. Like, you don't christen them, like, the day after they're born. So, listeners, I don't, I don't know. Shh, don't say a word. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just it's gonna, gonna let be you so long viral. for us, right now. Uh, until I know <laughs> what actually happens. It's gonna I'm be just like done two a months. horrible, terrible thing to fish. <laughs> um, and she's going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it so much. The I think it's fair to say this is like red alert alarm from fish. Um, and I'm not going to answer this question for you. Okay. We are all going to take some satisfaction in knowing that fish and I may not actually talk about this episode for months. Uh, nope. And I'm not the kind of person who will watch it ahead of time because I don't want to ruin it. Okay. Yeah. I urge you not to. So, um, yep. That was a fun prediction. So um, anything else you want to say about this one before we close out? No, I just, I liked it. Okay. You just want to go ahead and reel about what I just dropped. Awesome. A little bit. bit. Well, until next time, fish, don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.